I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So, it is the month of March 2022, and is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. How's it going, Brad? It's going great. Thanks for having me back for another month of uh, some Blu-ray purchasing discussion. Oh yeah, should be a good one. I haven't taken uh, the deepest dive into the uh, the offerings this month, uh, so there could be some surprises on the horizon. But uh, folks at home, if you're not aware of the show format, a uh, catching up on Blu-ray episode is essentially where Brad and I will be taking a look at the upcoming. Uh, physical media release calendar that is dvds blu-rays and 4k discs and uh just saying a little something about anything that catches our eye for whatever reason uh so if you'd like to follow along with the home version of catching up on blu-ray you can do so by navigating to the lovely website of blu-ray.com and then head to the release dates page and navigate to the month of march 2022 uh, and also if you're not familiar uh, physical media generally drops on Tuesdays of each week. Uh, so we'll be sure to call out the release dates as we go along. But uh, right off the bat, Brad, do you do you want to talk about this uh, this March 1st release date? Because it's an off it's an off date as far as I can tell. But uh, there's there's some shit in here. Yeah, there's a few things worth mentioning here. Um, I Maybe the biggest would be uh, I mean, we've got the Daniel Craig James Bond 4K collection, all five of them packaged together. I think this is the first time where all five of them are together. Um, they've all been released previously, but uh, maybe the biggest n- new release is uh, Belfast, which uh, just won an Oscar for Best uh, Original Screenplay at the uh, Academy Awards. Uh, nobody is talking about Kenneth Branagh winning the Oscar, but uh, he did win one. Um, and I did watch this. It was okay. It was probably my least favorite out of this year's um, Best Picture nominees. Kind of exactly what you would expect from a Oscar Beatty film. It's very schmaltzy and sentimental. Tries to be sort of politically relevant as well. So it's kind of like hitting all the boxes that you would expect. Um, but it wasn't bad. It, it did. It it is charming. The cast is good, so it's not like a complete wash, but uh, I won't be picking this one up. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, I I was intrigued uh, by Belfast. I haven't watched it as of yet, and I'm actually very much looking forward to listening to your review of it, Brad, uh, mm-hmm. which will be dropping as of our recording date in a, a couple of days here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very, very much looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those funny things that uh, – it's easy to forget that apparently Kenneth Branagh had not won an Oscar up until winning for, for the screenplay for this one. That, that's shocking to me because the, the man's been around. He's been so talented all these years. It's just like, really? You would think like that would have happened by accident at some point. Yeah, I mean, plus just the fact that like I'm not going to say he's like my favorite filmmaker or anything, but it seems like a lot of what he, at least what he used to do maybe 20 years ago now, uh, with very much kind of in line with what the Oscars back then, especially, would like to reward, um, you know, his Shakespeare adaptations and stuff. Uh, since then, he's kind of—I mean, I'll give him respect. He's kind of gone off and done some different things. Like he doesn't really pigeonhole himself. Like he's done a Marvel movie. He's doing those uh, Agatha Christie movies now. So I like the guy. I, I don't think he's like an amazing filmmaker, but I always—I uh, always like checking out his stuff. 
yeah i i'm generally of the same mind um i i don't think he's like one of my favorites but his his releases are always eye-catching in some way oftentimes there's a, a certain visual flair that comes with his films especially in the areas of like costume and production design i mean the like brad had said he really was kind of the master of the costume drama slash Shakespeare adaptation um, back in the day. Um, but you're absolutely right. He, he really has dipped into very wildly different territory, like especially in recent days. And he's done like really traditional, straightforward blockbuster films. He's done uh, one of my favorites, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, that is not a good film, if you ask me. But it's a, it's a beautiful film yeah. to look at. Um, but good God, it makes me laugh for all the wrong reasons. Just it, it, it is high drama. It is so goddamn melodramatic that it just tickles me just right. But yeah, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that in a few months when it comes out on 4K. So, yeah, I, I really want to hear your opinion on it because, as far as I understand, I'm the only person that enjoys that movie. Ironically, like most people, either don't remember it because it's obscured by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula from around the same era, um, or they took it 100% to heart and thought it was a very serious like hardcore adaptation of the of the novel it's like I thought it was fucking stupid and hilarious but whatever <laughs> it's like, I don't know what fucking movie you saw but I do respect that film like it it does adhere to the source material a little a little closer than your average Frankenstein film it takes itself deathly seriously but um yeah for me I, I just mostly laugh at it um, although it is very, very beautiful to look at. The sets and the costumes are incredible. Um, but yeah, Belfast is is on my radar. I'll get to it when I get to it, though. But uh, it's kind of funny because I, I just uh, pulled up the calendar, and uh, March 1st is a is a proper Tuesday release date. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's a it's a small release date. Very, <laughs> um, very there's weak very week. few on offer. Yeah, yeah. it's a very weak week, uh, <laughs> to, to quote Brad there. Mm. Um, but yeah, Belfast is one of the big ones. The The Daniel Craig 4K collection is a big one, the James Bond series. Um, we also have a Blu-ray release. Uh, I think this is a uh, one-two punch from Warner Brothers. Uh, yes, I just double-checked it. So we have the uh, not especially appreciated at the time of its original airing, but now seems to be retro- retroactively like regarded as a good cartoon, um, The Batman, which I'm sure Warner Brothers is solely putting out for the purpose of of brand synergy being as they have a major release coming out this month or came out this month bearing the same title and the same character from the same ip uh but then we also have the other end of that one two punch in the form of scooby-doo where are you the complete series on blu-ray which uh really the only reason i bring it up is that i just think it's funny that warner brothers is putting out two big cartoon releases in the same week um, and also just because I love sharing the fact that I was uh, disallowed from watching Scooby-Doo as a child because my mom thought he'd make me stupid. Uh, <laughs> I was allowed to watch all the Transformers and G.I. Joe, all the violent shit I wanted, but Scooby-Doo was not allowed. <laughs> she was like, he talks funny. He's going to make you dumb. <laughs> Get that out of my house. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, it looks like you're a pretty smart guy, so I mean, maybe it helped. I mean, she was probably on to something, because some of my contemporaries, I can't say the same for them, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I catch an occasional, like, unironic rut row <laughs> coming from my social circles. So, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe she saved me. You're very trusting of people in masks, though. That's the only thing. This is a problem. This yeah. is 
Um, but scrolling on down, uh, we have uh, Flea from 2021 from Decal Releasing. Brad, is that a label that you're familiar with? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever heard of Decal Releasing. Um, I have seen well, the movie, uh, though. Um, well, we're going to have to change that because I just pulled them up, and wow, uh, they they own the prestige category uh, to some degree. Mm. Yeah, uh, they put out Mass. Stuff. Yeah, they put out Mass. They put out Spencer. They put out Pig. They put out Titan. Holy shit! Uh, they are quite the label, and it appears that they're fairly new yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because uh, some of those there, I do, uh, I do want to purchase. Like, I kind of want to see Mass again. Uh, I, I probably, honestly, Mass, Pig, Spencer, Titan. I kind of want to see the Cursed. Yeah, not and a bad. And hey, uh, there's that Wormwood movie that I brought up uh, last time we spoke. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm gonna pass on that one. But uh... <laughs> you don't want to see Wormwood too, <laughs> wormier and woodier. Maybe <laughs> in a bargain bin if it's in a bargain bin. There's so many movies, Brad, that I I totally will bite for if I see them with the right price tag. Oh yeah, like that's how I got Anaconda. Like I don't need to rewatch Anaconda like ever. It lives rent free in my head. But Anaconda for three dollars? Oh, you're coming home. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like you know like, you'll no, watch it no, again. Yeah, no thought thought process required. It's like three dollar Anaconda. <laughs> getting my getting my shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we have a we have an interesting release here. Um, not one that I've heard anything good about. Uh, but I I I use the word interesting. Uh, Demonic, also from 2021. This is directed by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, the South African director who gave us District 9 and Elysium and Chippy among, and was supposed to have done the Halo uh, film or series that apparently we just got uh, on the Paramount Plus network. Uh, he was not involved as far as I'm aware, unfortunate. Um, and it, it seems like his career is starting to head into that trajectory of being unfortunate because this film was very, very small. Uh, I believe it may have been produced under covid regulations which probably explains some of its production details but mm-hmm. um i i became aware of this film through a red letter media they did a, a like a pretty thorough review of it and it sounded like it had some decent ideas but none of them were actualized very well uh in the end product but are, have you heard of this one brad yeah yeah i remember i i read a couple or listened to a couple of reviews when it came out basically all kind of said the same thing like yeah had some ambition, interesting ideas, but nothing really clicked. Um, and I, I'm not the biggest Neil Blomkamp fan in general. I, I need to go back and watch District 9 again because, um, I mean, I, I liked it at the time, but I think there was – I haven't watched it since, like, its release, basically. And at the time, that was like – this guy was the next big thing. Like, there was a big – so I think that might have been coloring my opinion of – like, everyone was like, District 9 is the best, like – it was nominated for Best Picture. Like people were losing it, and I've kind of soured on his style very heavily ever since. So I feel like if I go back to District Nine, not gonna like it uh, anywhere near as much. I mean, I'm sure it's still good, and I'm sure it's still his best movie. Um, but yeah, he's he's not my favorite. I'll just say that. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you, and I it it upsets me to feel that way uh, because. One thing that Kyle and I were talking about on our most recent episode, uh, the Pandorum episode, folks, check it out. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing we were talking about is, of course, Brett Ratner came up, as he does, uh, because we were talking about the the idea of directors with um, flavors or styles. 
um, and how it's it's something that is, has a certain special value to it. Like being able to go to a film with a certain expectation in mind of, of, of what's going to be explored and like maybe like the color palette or the texture of the film, things like that. And like Brett Ratner is always my go-to example for just like, blah Mm -hmm. just like just like blah the uh, the filmmaker it's like he's a get it done kind of guy it's like he's not going to put his personal stamp on anything but it'll probably get done on time and on budget and it'll probably be serviceable uh but it won't bear any like real signatures to it but neil blomkamp like his the entirety of his filmography is so is so laser focused on on very specific themes like transhumanism is is like his bread and butter there's a reason why he was attached to that to the new robocop of a while ago i don't know if he still is but uh, he was being fingered to be the director of yet another remake of robocop and in my mind i'm like yeah i know his movies probably haven't been as successful as the studios have wanted um and he does seem to have some serious issues with narratives um his visual flair is there his editing is there um he he's not the best at telling a clean straightforward narrative like he he gets lost in in tools gadgets like he he loves goodies and and just like shit like i'm looking at you uh elysium where it's just like let let's just throw some cool shit into this movie and hope that nobody notices that the story went off the rails a long time ago <laughs> and same yeah. a little bit the same deal with district 9 where i actually even as a young person seeing that in the theater and that's probably the only time i've seen it like you um i remember having that weird feeling of being like this is turning into an action film but but i don't think that i wanted it to (laughs) like i was actually kind of enjoying the bits before that but yeah i I actually was not opposed to the idea like if if any director out there any known director out there is going to be assigned to a robocop project yeah i mean that this is literally all he's ever talked about in all of his films like why not why not get him to do it but as far as i understand in terms of like return on investment i don't know that he's been the best um i i seriously doubt chap chappie was a big hit with mainstream audiences it it really wasn't for me it has some cute bits uh i'm a i am a sucker for performance capture technology and even that couldn't really get me um it just seemed like he wanted to hang out with his favorite band and maybe make a movie yeah Um, and it it felt a little too personal (laughs) if you ask me like to the detriment of of its if its return on investment but yeah this movie just kind of popped up uh to zero fanfare and as far as i understand it's not very good um i did hear good things about the short films that he had made uh several years ago uh, my brother had told me good things about those. I still haven't watched them, and I don't know that many other people did as well. So I don't know where Neil Blomkamp's career is at this point, but uh, demonic is is not a good sign, uh, from what I understand. I think Chappie killed his career. I think he's done. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the vibe I got because his his name just it it went from being a big deal, like you said, when District Nine came out, to like almost one of those people that's like oh he's still around um and for the longest time he was also attached to that alien project the mm-hmm. the, the ridley scott like the xenomorph alien franchise that fell through uh, in favor of ridley scott coming back because you know i'm sure the now uh, they're not defunct but now owned by disney fox studios is like we need a guaranteed money maker mm-hmm. and ridley scott is the ticket 
not this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and uh, I'm sure you've heard they're doing a uh, an alien series now um, yes. for Hulu. And uh, I don't know, it's Fede Alvarez. I think that's uh, I'm down for that. I, I I'd rather see him take on Alien than Neil Blomkamp. Actually, like I, I just don't. I feel like Neil Blomkamp's style and the Alien franchise just wouldn't really fit too well. Um, no, I I feel like he'd get bogged down in the details and maybe end up disrespecting the the franchise to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like like in favor of the Alien, he'd get more fixated on the Colonial Marines and yeah. their toys and stuff because he loves toys. Like he he has found a way to insert mechs and fancy rifles into like all of his movies at this point. <laughs> um, so I could totally see him getting like like just off into the weeds with that one but mm-hmm. uh, yeah actually it's funny you mentioned that because kyle actually agrees with you um he's he's also in favor of seeing what fede alvarez has to offer uh for that franchise yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I i guess i am too i i don't really feel much sense of like ownership over over the alien franchise i i like what i like um and honestly i'm at a place where it's like regardless of who's making it i'll watch it like i'd i'd Oh yeah, of course. Serve it up, just like just put the put the fucking funnel in my throat and <laughs> just like sluice it down there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but D- demonic, you will be picking up the Blu-ray, right? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> After all that, um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> God no. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, maybe I'll watch it out of curiosity, but I'm not paying. For- not paying for that piece of shit yeah, I, like, I, I i've seen enough it. clips i do want i've seen it. enough clips yeah i i'm curious but i'm not paying for that yeah um, i wonder if it's streaming anywhere because yeah again I, yeah that's one i that's a dear evan hansen situation i don't want to pay for it but i do want to watch it uh i'm still on the hook for that the, the girlfriend made me promise a while back I'm, I'm surprised she hasn't pulled the trigger on that uh that i that i haven't been forced to watch that just yet but dear evan hansen i am I am looking forward to just laughing and laughing while she's like crying over the drama, <laughs> like <laughs> genuinely enjoying it as intended while I'm just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that'll be um, a good time. So Brad, uh, anything else on March 1st that you'd like to point out here? Honestly, no. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. It's it's a thin week. Um, I will point out that uh, this Stoker Hills, uh, I'm trying to... I'm trying to point out, like, I'm trying to pinpoint where this font is from, because I have seen this before. It's it's slightly Carpenter-esque, but chubby, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but it's from 2020. It's from Screen Media. I'm not interested. It just the cover art caught my eye, and I wanted to point out the font, because I'm like that. Um, but next to that, uh, as is my civic duty, I will point out that we have a Blu-ray release of a Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Um, and holy shit, Brad, this makes me feel old. You're getting old, John. <laughs> You're getting old, John. Uh, because I remember when this, this series debuted and I was in high school and now it's like a, it's like a retro Blu-ray thing. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Um, yeah, Gundam Seed was a really, really big deal for the franchise. Um, it, it was kind of like a new beginning. Uh, it, it has a horrendous art style for the characters but the mechanical designs are beautiful. I love I love the me- mechanical designs. The the Gundams in this are absolutely awesome. Uh, the people look like dog shit. <laughs> like, I hate looking at the people from this thing. 
Um, and I don't really have much of a special appreciation for this particular Gundam series. I'm not going to be picking this up, but I just wanted to point it out because it says it's from 2002 and 2003. And that doesn't feel like that long ago in my head but holy shit it is <laughs> oh yeah we're we're getting old you getting old john uh okay so let's move on to next week then uh so our next uh proper tuesday release uh in march 2022 falls on march 8th uh and right out the gate we have a 4k release of uh is it just lana wachowski's uh the matrix resurrections uh yeah, it's Lana that did this one, right? Um, yeah, it was it was yeah, it wasn't a Wachowski's portal. Yeah. It was I think it was just Lana. Um but yeah, this is the Matrix Resurrections from 2021 and uh Kyle and I shat on this for damn near 3 hours. Um how long did you shit on this, Brad? <laughs> uh definitely not 3 hours. Um it was it definitely we shit on it though. Uh we definitely didn't like it either. Oh, you got to. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um and uh, honestly, I have not heard many good things about it at all. Even though, like, it's weird. Like, um, on, on Letterboxd, like, this kind of is always the case. Like, people that give, like, high ratings always get the most likes on their reviews. Um, whereas, like, you know, the middle of the road ratings, those reviews don't really get as many likes. But, like, there's, like, some like some of the top reviews for this movie on Letterboxd are, like, four and a half stars. And I'm just like, I did not see that anywhere on screen like not even like sometimes i'll i'll dislike a movie but I, i'll be like i can see why someone w- would really like it this one just completely is, was a whiff for me yeah no i 100 percent agree i i really dislike this film like i won't say i hate it uh i've seen far worse but this was very disappointing this was this was you this wasn't just disappointing. It, it fits into that very special category of why bother? Mm-hmm. Where it's like th- this actively did harm to the franchise, if you ask me. Like, just leaving things as they were made so much more sense to me. But, you know, IP management is how a lot of companies stay afloat. I know it's really, really important to studios like Warner Brothers to crank something out every once in a while, lest it expire or something. Uh, but Or just to keep keep it relevant. Uh, for today's audiences and whatnot but um there's that weird made up bit early on in the film where they they basically ha- the script of the movie talks shit about itself saying like if we didn't do this somebody else would have and it's like it, it, i don't think i know of a sadder reason to make a film honestly <laughs> where it's just like the the original creator of the franchise is tasked with resurrecting it like the title even says like bringing bringing the sucker back from the dead solely for the purpose of making sure that someone else doesn't do it and doesn't even shittier job. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't exactly knock out the park, but I guess if it made you feel better to be in charge of it, cool. But yeah, um, actually I remember having a conversation with the girlfriend about this one, like relating to those review scores you mentioned, because I'm actually curious, like like if somebody could, could sell me on the idea of this film bearing like additional layers of quality that I somehow missed out on because I I don't know how you would spin that. I, I I can't think of a way you could argue that. I mean, I'll just say it is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a, it's barely fresh, but it's 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the majority of critics did like it. Uh, I, I may have to do some digging, man. Like I may have to read some of these reviews because I, I, I just, 
don't see it. Like I, I watched the movie about twice because I wanted to do a thorough review, and no, like it, it's just not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it could be a Keanu free pass potentially. Could be. I I could see something like that, or maybe they they got got swept up in in the. I don't know the details or something like maybe they just hung out on the Wikipedia page or the not the Wikipedia the wiki for for the film and they got really big into the lore mm-hmm. because that is a thing like that that really is a thing in today's media environment like what's on the screen sometimes doesn't matter as much as the the ideas and the lore that the thing produces in these mega franchises like I'm talking like Star Wars level lore where it's just like what's on the screen is is but a sliver of what of what the entirety of the project offers of what the entirety of the franchise has on offer and some mm-hmm. people that's that's enough uh for me mm-mm. no i was i was actively offended by some of that stuff in this movie where it's like really that's that's all you're going to show me of that you're going to show me a city as represented by two old people and a robot man yeah that's a city okay cool <laughs> like way to way to flesh that out for me movie yeah I actually thought, for me, the best part of the movie was probably the first 20 minutes or so. Um, I think it starts okay. Like, I, I think there's some interesting ideas in, in the start, and I, I didn't mind the meta stuff. But uh, really, once you figure out where it's going, uh, it seems like it just kind of runs out of ideas and steam. And honestly, I, one of the biggest problems is the action is just not that good. Like, for something like The Matrix, like, they really should have brought... If We're going to do a new Matrix movie after 20 years... They really should have brought at least a couple standout moments, um, and I, I don't think they did, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that that's the big part of the like why even bother aspect of it is that you're absolutely right. Like the the first Matrix film in particular was so revolutionary in how it presented so much of its its visual flair and like its its stunt work and like the action choreography, like. We had seen martial arts in Western action films before, for for sure, um, but not choreographed by Yuan Wu Ping and enacted by, like, for the most part, by the actors rather than having stunt people thrown in for every other shot. Um, really revolutionary stuff, and just yeah, this new one just felt half half baked, half hearted. Where it's just like if you're going to bring this thing back after so many years, you you really owe it to the franchise not even the audience but just to that which has come before to to really really step up to the plate and offer something new and different and and effortful i guess um but i want to say that there is a thing going on in hollywood right now where there's a bit of like a a scheduling war of sorts where it's it's kind of like a caddy way of of studios waging war with one another where i have i have this theory in my head that a lot of studios are locking down talent as a means of harming other studios, uh, regardless of the product that they end up with, like the the idea of preventing other studios from having access to the best people, is really powerful. Because mm-hmm. like eighty seven eleven, I've I brought them up countless times. Like Chad Stahelski's in the Matrix Resurrections. Like he's he's in the movie. He he had no he had no part in coordinating it, and that's like that's like his big thing. Like his, he and his eighty-seven eleven crew are some of the foremost stunt and action choreography teams out there, and they had him in the film, but they didn't have they didn't have his talent other than his on-screen presence. And it's like you would have thought that they'd be able to rope in some of the best people out there, but no. As far as I understand, Lana Wachowski is credited as the action choreographer, 
uh, for some of the fight scenes in the film. So uh, I don't, I wouldn't think of Lana Wachowski as the best and brightest when it comes to the stunt world. I don't, I don't know. That's just an assumption on my part, maybe an unfair one. But anyway, we should get off of this. <laughs> a long story short, won't be picking up this movie even though I have the other three, um, which is a shame. I hate, I hate having to do that. Do you own the other three on 4K is the question. I do not. Because there is a set of all four of them on a 4K, and I am tempted for that. That is tempting, because I I don't know if you can get the first three together as a set anymore. I, I do own the first one on 4K. I don't own two and three, so I don't know. There's a chance I could pick up the four-pack. There's a chance. Yeah, I... It's funny. That's a weird thing when it comes to like movie collecting and whatnot. Is the, those box sets that offer so much of what you want, but then just that little little extra bit that's like, I really don't want that, but it's like it's a good deal and it's a handsome package. So maybe because yeah. like I'm looking at some of those like Terminator box sets where it's like, you know, I'm happy with the one I've got because those last two just gave me very little. And like also, I have that ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles box set that. It probably only has two out of four discs they'll ever watch. Like, I'm looking at you, Ninja Turtles 3. That's never getting put in the player. But it's a nice box, so I picked it up, and it was for the right price. But, yeah, I could see myself, like, maybe someday upgrading to a 4K. And if it was a box that just happened to have this one in it, maybe I'd grab that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I messed up big time when I bought the first one on 4K and didn't buy the sequels. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I just only wanted to spend twenty bucks that day, but uh, it's 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 a decision I've regretted ever since. I don't know though. Like even though that doesn't look great on a shelf, like from a I don't know, like a moral integrity standpoint, it's like, well, this is this is the only one that through and through is a truly great film. Yeah, the second I do defend the second one quite a bit actually because the action is absolutely incredible. I'm looking at you, Freeway Chase and chateau fight Mm -hmm. like and the burly brawl like in terms of action spectacle it has so much to offer and i think people maybe forget that sometimes um but yeah in terms of like just like overall quality like if if i was to just pick one out of those first three films or it's like you can only have one on 4k it's like well obviously i'm just gonna get the first one yeah the the other two it's just like yeah they're they're fine i can enjoy those on 1080 yeah in fact it might look better because the cgi was a little spotty in matrix that is true (laughs) that's why that's why i didn't buy it let's go with that okay yeah redemption figured it (laughs) out brad we got there um but beside the matrix resurrections uh we have a film that i'm of course going to ask my buddy brad about that is a phenomena on 4K from Synapse Films, and this is uh, directed by Dario Argento. Uh, Brad, is this one you own or have seen? I do own it on Blu-ray. I think the Blu-ray is a Synapse release that I own already. Um, and uh, yeah, I like this uh, movie quite a bit. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, Donald Pleasance in a Dario Argento film. A lot of great animals in this one. If you're an animal fan, uh, a lot of great animals in this one. That's one thing I remember. Um, and uh, I did enjoy it. I don't know if I'll be upgrading um, just because, like, I already own it on Blu-ray. It is pretty pricey. Um, it is done... I, I don't know the specifics on this release, but it is through Synapse. Um, and I, I love Synapse because they are uh, Michigan-based. They're hometown uh, for me, so that's always cool. I like supporting them. But they're doing it also in conjunction with Arrow. 
Um, and I don't know if it, like I didn't look into it enough to know like if Arrow handled the transfer and Synapse just had North American UHD rights. So that, I, I don't know the collaboration there. But since it is UHD, I'm, I think uh, Arrow did put out a uh, a UK version on 4K. Uh, so you know it's region free. So if you'd rather go with Arrow, uh, I don't. Again, I don't know if there's a difference between the bonus features. I don't know, but uh, they uh, are doing this along with Arrow. So um, I I love both Synapse and Arrow. So it's it's a win win. But I don't know if I'll be picking this one up. Okay, well, that's very cool. Uh, I mean, I don't know the layout of the state of Michigan all that well, but like maybe take a field trip out there someday. See if you can say hello to the folks at Synapse. It could yeah. be a fun field trip. I've thought about that. I don't know. Uh, Cause uh, like, I wish I was closer to uh, like vinegar syndrome, the archive. Cause like you can actually buy their stuff there. I don't think like Synapse have like, you can purchase anything directly through their shop. Um, although I like, if I showed up and I had 60 bucks on me and I said, can I have, can I get, can you just give me a phenomena 4k? Like I, I, I don't think they'd stop. Like, I'm sure they would just go in and, I mean, why not, right? I mean, yeah, like fresh off the conveyor. Yeah. You don't can, have to pay and for you shipping. can huff it right in front of them and they can say, get the fuck out of my yeah, building, you yeah. freak show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, See you next week. I would like to would like to go visit them. Um, I think I looked up their, their facility is just like in a strip mall or something. <laughs> like, it's nothing prestigious, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I mean I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of DVD publishers out there that that's that's how they do their business. But yeah, that that could be fun. In fact, like maybe you could see if you could do a vlog or something. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love to see that if if that's possible. I'm sure a lot of places wouldn't allow you to film there, but mm-hmm. um, definitely something to consider. But um, it's funny because I don't know this film. Uh, I, the reason I was asking Brad about it so readily was that um, I I want to say this is kind of a a giallo maybe a pseudo giallo yeah it, it's right? uh, it's it's giallo-esque i'm pretty sure there's the mystery angle i don't i've only seen it the one time but yeah there is uh it's kind of in the vein of like suspiria a little bit where there's a little bit of uh it's giallo-esque but it's not like a hundred percent true giallo um but I, I think the mystery is there in this one okay so giallo-esque but mm-hmm. yeah the reason i asked brad is because he's our our resident giallo expert uh and he's between the two of us he's definitely the horror head uh, i wouldn't so call me an expert on giallo but i guess well, between the two of us i guess i'll i'll take it but between the two of us you are an expert brad so, <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and, and bear that title proudly um <laughs> but uh the one trivia factoid i think i know about this movie and i could be completely wrong as i often am is that uh there's a, a, a horror video game called um, Clock Tower uh, that the character design, uh, the player character design, uh, was taken directly from this this oh. this movie. I did uh, not know that. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly, as represented in this film, uh, is basically the model for for the player character in the original Clock Tower, um, which, as far as I know, never got a. Uh, like a proper North American release. I have the the Japanese Super Famicom uh, version of it. Uh, I I I can read enough of the text that I can fucking I I can like suss out what what needs to be done and where I need to go. Um, really cool game. Uh, you should look up a, a playthrough of it if you have time, Brad. Um, mm-hmm. For a, for like a Super Nintendo era, like quote horror game. Like it, its intention is to put you on your heels and scare you. It's actually shockingly effective, especially in terms of like music cues and like and sound effects. 
Um, and yeah, you get to play as Jennifer Connelly in it. Like, like if you look at the portrait, like the 16 bit portrait of the character, it's like, yeah, that is 100% just Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope she and her parents got paid. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's cool though. Yeah. I'll have to check out, uh, see if I can check out some videos of it. Yeah. I would highly encourage you to do that. Cause like it, it's pretty cool. Like again, for, for its era and for the console it was on, they, they managed to achieve quite a bit. Um, but Brad, what what else jumps out at you from March eighth? Well, I guess since we're already talking synapse, we can jump down to Thriller, a cruel picture. Now this is uh, this is interesting, and I should have done a little more research on this. I, I will say, um, but do you know the controversy going on with this uh, release here, Thriller, a cruel picture? I do not. But Brad, this is why you're on the show. You always, <laughs> you always have the the you always have the scoop. What's 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 the scoop, Brad? There's a little beef going on with this one. Um, so, this is being out put out by Synapse, um, Thriller, a cruel picture, aka they call her One Eye. Um, and I don't know exactly what is going on, why the beef is happening, but basically Synapse put out this version on Blu-ray. Vinegar Syndrome is putting out a version on 4K. Um, coming out for uh, their halfway to Black Friday sale, so around Memorial Day weekend. And I don't know how this works out. I don't know rights and rights issues and all that, but uh, Vinegar Syndrome basically didn't call out Synapse by name, but um, basically said that the Synapse version is maybe not uh, like completely authorized. Um, however they got the rights to, like, however they got the rights to it, they might not have gone through the actual, like, way they should have gone. I don't know, and there's a couple different versions of this film, like, different cuts, so it could be a different cut of the film they're putting out versus the cuts that Vinegar, I don't know, but there's definitely drama between Vinegar Syndrome and Synapse, which I hate, because, I mean, I love Synapse because they're, you know, my hometown boys, um, but I mean, I love vinegar syndrome more, so I, I got to give it the, the, the wind of vinegar syndrome here, but, um, yeah, it just, it kind of sucks. Cause I feel like it kind of made synapse look kind of bad. And I don't know, like if they did anything wrong or like what the deal is. One thing that was a little sketchy is that, um, I don't know who did it first, but when vinegar syndrome, like right around the same time that vinegar syndrome announced that they were coming out with thriller a cruel picture on 4k uh right around the same time synapse announced that they were bumping their release up by like two months to get it out before (laughs) vinegar syndrome uh and again i don't know maybe they bumped it up and then vinegar syndrome announced i don't know the the way that it happened but it's a little weird it's a little sketchy and uh, i mean honestly i would get the 4k version like let's be real here i mean the vinegar syndrome set looks amazing Although it is very expensive. It's like 50 bucks, 50 or 60 bucks. So it's a lot. Um, but I do think you're getting multiple versions of the film. Uh, y- you know, I'm sure it's going to look amazing. But if you just want the film, uh, and again, I don't know what cut it is, but if you want it for cheaper, uh, I guess you can go with um, Thriller, A Cruel Picture on by Synapse. Although, I got to mention, uh, more controversy, more add more fuel to the fire here. Uh, Synapse, this just came out, I think, today or yesterday. I saw that uh, it is now pulled from their website. So you can't get this version anymore. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of weird shit going on with this film. I'd never even heard of this movie until this controversy, this drama. Apparently, it is supposed to be good. Like, I've heard people say, like, it is a, like 
a very cherished film by some. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if I don't I really don't know what happened. I really don't know. But it's just uh, some some shady shit right there. Holy shit! Yeah, like somebody, somebody needs to be paying you for this, Brad. Like you, you were, you were too good of a fucking gossip reporter. <laughs> like, good God, that was amazing. Well, I feel like I need to do more because, like, I, I'm, I don't know all the exact details. Like, I should have, I need, I should have spent more time in the forums. I, you I think all the people enough- on Twitter confirmed their fucking stories. <laughs> I think I read this morning that people were blasting the wrong fucking Will Smith on social media. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. You have the tools, sir. Yeah. You have the equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so. holy shit. Um, like not to always, always bring everything back to wrestling, but um, this this is almost like building up to be like a, a Monday night war, or a uh, a Tuesday night war uh, mm-hmm. scenario, if you will, where we have. Uh, DVD distributors uh, going going at it tooth and nail with each other. Uh, only one. There can be only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say it, but like vinegar syndrome, I want to. I've, I've said it like probably every episode for the past couple of months here. But like they're they're obviously growing, like in terms of prestige and the the breadth of their offerings. They they seem to be doing quite well for themselves. And so in a situation like this, they come across as a little bit of a big bully uh, because I want to say they quite, they outsize synapse films by several degrees. Um, They, they have the, they have the talent, they have the goods. um, And here they are shitting on a smaller company uh, loudly in public. And I'm sure it is very damaging to their reputation, but uh, this is ugly. Uh, because it's like one of those things where it's already kind of a niche hobby and it's it's kind of painful to see these like boutique labels but heads um it's it's just one of those things where it's like we're all just happy that we're we're all you know privy to the offerings of all these different companies the last thing we want to see is them trample each other yeah i mean i i love them both and it definitely uh reminded me a bit of um the controversy and again i don't know how it worked with the rights and whatnot where uh severin was supposed to put out drop dead fred and then somehow the rights came and reverted to vinegar syndrome and so vinegar syndrome put it out through their label but with basically all the uh bonus features that severin produced um again i don't know what caused that i don't know how that played out that's beyond me but in that one and whether this was they actually weren't pissed or if it was just playing nice, but Severin and Vinegar Syndrome did play nice. Like it seemed like Severin was like, you know, go check it out, go get it from Vinegar Syndrome. It's a great release. They weren't like, they didn't seem upset about it. This one, it's a little more, uh, a little more tension there. Yeah. Again, always every, everything is wrestling, Brad. That's been my philosophy for at least a decade now. Everything can and will be traced back to wrestling, but it's like, it's basically like with, with the whole, menagerie of uh, partner labels that vinegar syndrome has it's almost the equivalent of like one of the larger wrestling companies gobbling up the territorial establishments to form like the the mega conglomerate of like the wwf or wcw back in its day um so this is this is uh strange i i I didn't expect something like this to to happen in public like you would think this would be a behind closed doors kind of affair um but it's not a good look. <laughs> like it's really not. Um, it's and it, it's it's like mom and dad are fighting, man. Like 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 I said, we're 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 all just happy that we have these small companies offering up that that which they are. Like it, we we don't want any of them to to encounter trouble or or butt heads with each other. 
Yeah. Uh, so I just real quick here. This this was from Vinegar Syndrome. I don't know if it was from their newsletter, but this was uh, in uh, February. They just gave a quick update on the release of. They said it's their filmmaker authorized uh, 4K UHD Blu-ray edition of Thriller. And then the last thing they said, um, they kind of talk about what's going to be included. They say, as there has lately been some confusion over the status of the film, we'd also like to confirm that ours is the only current and planned release which has been licensed from and authorized by its original copyright holder, BAV, BAV Film AB, via its successor, Channel One Home Video AB. So they say from the original copyright holder... Maybe there's some loophole where somebody else had some sort of rights to, like, a cut of the film, and that's how Synapse got it. Again, I don't know, but, you know, just them putting that out there, they were definitely kind of, like, saying, you know, like, our version is the one. And whether that's true or not, who knows? But, like you said, they are definitely the bigger of the two labels. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when Vinegar Syndrome runs wild on you? <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure you don't know it, Brad, but like it makes like in my in my head, I'm picturing every time Vinegar Sum- Syndrome comes up as a conversation topic, the the NWO theme starts playing <laughs> because growing up in that era of wrestling, I, I I have an emotional trigger to hearing that music. It just like it makes me bite my lower lip and go fuck. It's just like, well, there goes the next 20 minutes of my evening watching old men fart around the ring and talk about absolutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome. Big big bully on campus. And not to harp on Vinegar Syndrome anymore. Like, I love them again. But I was a little disappointed in them with their uh, um, Halfway to Black Friday pre-order because they just did that over the weekend, this past weekend. You can pre-order their Halfway to Black Friday package and you get a little bit of a discount. I never do that, but uh, they... You know, put Thriller, a cruel picture on their site, uh, the 4K, you know, you could look at everything just like a normal release. They didn't say how limited the version is. They're like deluxe version. And then halfway through the weekend, they said, we are almost, we're, we are halfway sold out of Thriller, a cruel picture. And I'm thinking, what, you're halfway sold? You didn't even tell us how many, like, I, I reread the page and there was like nothing that said how limited it was. So I'm like, is this some like scam? Like, is this some tactic to get us to buy more? Like, like normally they say this is limited to 6,000 units and they did not give a number. I don't know. And I was on the fence about getting it, but I'm like, I'm not spending 60 bucks on this thing. So didn't matter either way. Yeah. Folks at home, not trying to be controversial or anything. I don't have super strong feelings in, in any direction about this topic. I'm only hearing about it for the first time tonight, <laughs> but, but yeah, this this is very fascinating. This is a situation I'll have to keep my eyes on because oh, yeah. this this I don't know doesn't speak. This doesn't seem like it's going in a good direction. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, uh, we have a uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, the complete collection. You ever watch that show, Brad? Uh very little. Okay. Uh, neither have I. Um, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Uh, I believe that's the film version of the television show. Uh, and uh, coming to America, that is with the number two. Uh, I have you watched this, Brad? Yeah, yeah, I did watch it. Um, Oscar nominated, best makeup. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a kind of limited category these days, so yeah, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, it's terrible. It's it's horrendous. Yeah, I I haven't read up on it, but I've I've heard enough to suggest it's not 
worth my time such that I kind of put my foot down and the girlfriend actually passed by it like on Netflix or wherever it's hosted and asked about it and I said no I I no I, I'm putting my foot down I I like I really love coming to America enough that I don't I don't think I need that like I've I've heard Wesley Snipes is very good in it yeah he's pretty um, good as he tends to be in most things but um that that isn't enough. I, I think I'd rather just preserve my positive memories of that first film and just pretend this one didn't happen because I I really haven't heard anything good about it. Yeah. Um, but beside that, we have a uh, Death Game from 1977 from Grindhouse releasing. Uh, I'm looking at their offerings right now, and uh, they are very appropriately named. Uh, that does seem to be their wheelhouse. Um, have you ever picked up anything from them, Brad? I don't believe so. I'm trying. I'm pulling it up now. Um, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Pieces. Kind of. Yeah. I've never picked up anything from them. Um, I've considered it though. They put out some, you know, a lot of schlock, but that's kind of my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. I mean that totally is but um <laughs> buyer beware i guess i'd actually have no idea uh, of the reputation of this film but uh, we also have uh, that four uh that four film 4k box set that brad had mentioned for the matrix films uh i don't know if that includes the animatrix though uh, that's curious um my my uh my trilogy box set has that on on a 1080p oh but, really uh, yeah um we have uh, from the uh, Disney uh, Movie Club exclusive. Uh, we have a couple of offerings from them. These are the kind of like uh, lesser known live action Disney production films that get put out via this uh, subscribers club exclusive thing. Basically, these are destined for eBay uh, for high resale prices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> these are not films that most of us get super excited about, but it's from the Disney company who doesn't seem to care much for physical media. So this is at the moment the only way to get these uh in hd uh so we have sean connery and uh darby o'gill and the little people uh, he sings in this one. Oh wow uh, I, think the, I think the only other time i've heard him sing was in dr no underneath the mango tree <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah i think that's the only other time i've heard him sing he has a lovely singing voice i miss him um and then we also have the gnome mobile which i've never even fucking heard of um what else we got is this a uh, downton abbey on 4k is that the film uh the like the yeah film? yeah i believe so i uh, i forget did you did you watch downton abbey no i never watched it um i'm not classy enough <laughs> <laughs> i mean you totally are brad but um my i remember my mom got really heavily invested in that show but yeah. i don't know if she, i don't even know if she's aware that there's a movie <laughs> i should probably poke her about there's that a second one case. coming out too she better catch up yeah get on it mom yeah <laughs> gall um, and we have our first uh, Criterion offering for the month of March 2022, and that is uh, Adoption from 1975. This is from direct, uh, director, uh, that is, uh, Marta, Marta Mesaros. Um, and are you familiar with this one, Brad? Because I'm struggling to find an impression of this one. Yeah, I don't know anything about this one, unfortunately. I can't help you out on this one, bud. <laughs> okay. I, I, I tried. Um, anyway, folks, we do have a saying here on Catching Up on Cinema, and that is, if it's part of the Criterion Collection, regardless of what you know of it, it is probably worth your time. Uh, so even though I don't have anything to say about adoption, um, you could probably be pretty safe in blind buying it and having a decent time with it. Um, 
I'm going to kick it over to you again, Brad. Uh, what jumps at you next? Uh, there's a Christmas horror movie I don't know much about. I didn't watch it, but uh, Silent Night. Uh, it's got, what, what's his name, Matthew Good and Kiera Knightley. Um, I think I saw it was produced by Matthew Vaughn, too. Oh, that's he's, a shocker. He's credited on here, at least, as a producer. Um, yeah. I've heard I've, I've heard very little, but I, I've heard a couple decent things about it, so... Maybe for uh, maybe for next Christmas, check it out. Okay. Uh, beside that, we have a retro release of a uh, a B movie called Monster from Green Hell. I remember reading this in my monster books back at the public school library back in the day. I uh, haven't seen it, but uh, I remember what the monster looked like. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, we have uh, damn. Not a whole lot else. Jeez. Yeah, there's <laughs> a couple uh, 2021 releases uh, that kind of went under the radar. National Champions and a Journal for Jordan. Uh, I want to say Journal for Jordan. Yeah, it was directed by Denzel. Um, gotta love Denzel. I mean, the fact that I, I don't even have to say his last name. We all know who I'm talking about. I mean, that is a pretty cool place to occupy where you're, you're that famous that you can just say the first name. He's Denzel. Nobody, ha- nobody has to even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I haven't looked into it, but, like, uh, he directed Fences also, correct? Yes, he did. Yep. Um, has he done anything, anything else that you know of? Because that's the only one that comes to mind for me. I think it was just these two, I think. I could be wrong, but, um, yeah, this one didn't have quite the same buzz as that one it looked from the trailer pretty melodramatic really didn't interest me at all um yeah i think i saw a feature or two about it and i was like eh, maybe some other time <laughs> so it, it's probably going to forever live in that space for me where it's like there's nothing offensive about it uh, it's just it's never the right time for it unfortunately mm-hmm. um we'll mention that we do have a couple of uh riff tracks discs uh we have uh amityville uh, the Evil Escapes, uh, as well as Hobgoblins uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, we have The Legend of La Llorona uh, from 2022. Uh, there were many of these films coming out within the past several years, Brad. I don't know if I don't even know if a single one of them is connected to each other, though. Is this a franchise, or are all these just like disparate La Llorona films? I think they're all separate things trying to just cash in on the potential name recognition. <laughs> So, La Llorona, the Ipman of horror films. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, we're just going to keep throwing shit out there and hope that people think that one of these is a sequel. It's like, no, actually, they're all their own independent shitty films. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about the film. I'm just making assumptions. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. Uh, I probably am, but... Uh, Scrolling down, we have a Bruce Willis release, uh, American Siege from 2022 from Vertical Entertainment. Um, And it seems like they own at least a part of his soul uh, because they seem to put out a lot of his products as of late. Um, What else we got? Man, thin offerings. Uh, We have Drunk Bus, uh, which I think I caught a trailer for. Uh, on one of the many shitty films that I've, I've bought over the past couple of years and actually didn't look half bad. Uh, this is from 2021, and this is from uh, Film Rise. Let's see. Yeah, they mostly put out... Um, wow, they're kind of all over the place, actually, because uh, Beans, I've heard good things about. Um, the Greasy Strangler, I've heard very good things about. Um, 
they seem to largely deal in in the the indie sector yeah um but they're kind of all over the place with their catalogs so i i don't really have an impression of them as a as a distributor yeah i mean drunk bus could be anything <laughs> yeah <I'm>, honestly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a Kekko Kamen film, Mask the Kekko, uh, colon, Reborn. Uh, a lot of nudity in that one. That's the entire premise for that series. is a lady in a mask and basically nothing else, doing superhero shit. Uh, it's from Japan. Don't ask questions. Um, I think I'm about done for that week. Brad, you ready to move on to March 15th? Yeah, move it along, I think. Okay, let's keep it moving. So March 15th, uh, right out the gate, we have a release that I actually did pick up already. Uh, that would be Arrow's 4K release of An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, from 1981, directed by John Landis, with uh, absolutely amazing makeup effects work by uh, the maestro himself, Rick Baker. Uh, this was a dad movie for me. This was one that my dad had me watch when I was way too young. Um, and as a result, uh, it, it lives rent-free in my head. I love this movie, and I'm very, very, very excited to, to re-watch it. Um, do you have any connection to this one, Brad? Uh, I have seen it before. I don't have much of a personal connection. I didn't watch it like at a young age or anything. Um, but it is good, and I I would like to pick it up, because uh, I think this... I could be misremembering, but this was already out on era Blu-ray, right? Yes, um, it was. So, yeah, I, I didn't even have the era Blu-ray. I just have the shitty uh, whatever Universal or Paramount or what, whatever. I don't know what studio it is, but whatever, you know, just the bare-bones releases. Uh, that's the only one I have. So it would be a worthwhile upgrade for me for sure. Yeah, I've heard, like, I, I looked into the review for the 4K disc. It sounds like it's a, it's a worthy upgrade. It's not mind-blowing, but it's good enough, and it comes packed with all the same extras as the Blu-ray version um, and in my case, I didn't even own the shitty Universal version, um, so this is my first time purchasing the film in any format, oh, wow. and and it has been a long time since I've watched it. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to to putting this on and enjoying it all over again. It's been a very very long time, uh, so this was worth the upgrade for me. Um, but uh, beside that, we have a 4K release of Touch of Evil uh, from Kino Lorber. Uh, this is, of course, directed by Orson Welles, um, and this film carries a, a massive reputation, but is it one that you've personally seen, Brad? Because I have not. I've only seen the opening shot in film class, and that's it. Um, it's a good is shot. That the, but... Is that the crane shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that, too, although I didn't see it in film class. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I don't know much. I'd, I'd like to watch it. It's going pretty pricey right now on Amazon, and uh, there's a... Uh, and I don't know if this is to do with the price, but uh, Kino, and we'll get into it maybe with uh, the release of Eastern Promises coming up later in the month, uh, hard to get some of these Kino releases. I don't know if it's manufacturing delays or whatnot, but um, I don't know if it still is unavailable, but Eastern Promises at the time of uh, like the release week, you couldn't get it on Amazon. It wasn't available on Amazon. Um, I ordered it through Best Buy, and I did get it, and I've been hearing that, uh, some places like some Best Buy stores and some like seems like Best Buy got it, some sort of shipment, but everywhere else nobody could get this. Um, so there's been a lot of like delays and stuff with these Kino 4Ks. Like I love them, uh, but you know just uh, you got to be uh, got to watch out for that. I guess they might not always be available right away. Been, I think uh, might have been the apartment. I think it's coming up later in the month and that got delayed uh, a few weeks. Uh, so who knows what the hell's going on? But anyway, interesting. Uh, I. 
very seldom pick up Kino releases, so I, I wasn't aware of that at all. But um, yeah, we, we do still encounter uh, manufacturing delays on the regular across many, many industries. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, beside that, we have a uh, unexpected, I guess, uh, 4K release of uh, Shout Factory's uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer on 4K, uh, which is directed by Albert Pyon, um, who is a filmmaker that I have intensely mixed feelings about. <laughs> um, the reason I say this is somewhat unexpected is like I, I don't know anybody who has any particular attachment to this film, although I will say it's it does have one of the most eye-catching covers you will ever see. I certainly remember passing it by in our local grocery store and whatnot. It has that Frank Frazetta kind of vibe to it. In fact, maybe it was done by the man. I don't actually know. Uh, but Albert Pyun, man, uh, it, <laughs> talk about ups and downs, man. Uh, he's a low-budget filmmaker that uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it ain't, man. Um, he has made some utter crap. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of his films are really, really well shot and lit. Um but then a lot of times his editing is, is like it's Achilles heel where it's like he like in terms of especially in terms of like cutting together action sequences. He, he gets carried away. Things go on too long. They, they don't find their momentum. Um, he he is a serviceable director. He's done plenty of projects that are very much worth your time. But every time I see his name, I, I just kind of like have to dr- draw a deep breath and like say hold on to your butts like i I don't know which albert's gonna show up for this one (laughs) have you seen this film not this one specifically yeah because uh i don't know i'm curious to check it out it is sitting in my amazon cart as we speak so i might pick it up i don't know yeah as i said um I buyer beware, man. <laughs> like, oh, like man. you got you, you got to be careful when we're when we're talking Pyon because like he he does good work sometimes, but not every time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's 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 very lopsided. It's all over the place, and and when it's good, it's really good. But then sometimes it's not, and it's it turns into Blast, which is a film that I uh, I keep meaning to put the disc into my computer so I can rip the ending from. Because holy fucking shit, it is one of the most batshit crazy endings to an action film I think I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right up there with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Double Team, wherein uh, the Roman Colosseum explodes and a tiger mauls Mickey Rourke at the same time. <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme are saved from the explosion by a Coke vending machine. Wow. Product placement. It's real, folks. <laughs> but Blast may have it beat, honestly, where a wheelchair-bound Rutger Hauer, who is playing a Native American, by the way, complete with brown face and braids. Okay. Holy fucking shit. Like, the most Dutch of Dutch men is playing a Native American in brown face in this film. Choices made by the director, I'm sure. Uh, So, yeah, uh, he's wheelchair-bound, and I believe he uh, kills the bad guy, uh, Andrew Devoff, by the way, the, the Wishmaster. Uh, he kills him by like attaching a bomb to his belt and like bum rushing him in his electric wheelchair and diving into a pool to avoid the shitty CGI explosion. Um, it's incredible. Um, not something I can say for the majority of Albert Pion's filmography. Um, but yeah, Brad, uh, you, you may want to think long and hard on that one. Maybe maybe look up a trailer first if you haven't already. Well, and uh, real quick, I should throw out. I think this movie here, uh, this release, might get my honor of the uh, Brad's Blu-ray Buyer Beware warning 
uh, or Brad's Blu-ray Buyer Beware Bulletin, excuse me, um, and that uh, people on Blu-ray.com, if you go in the forums for The Sorcerer and the, what the hell is this movie called? Uh, <laughs> the Sorcerer and the Sword? The, or sword. the, the sword. The Sword and, and the Sorcerer. Fuck, man. Um, sor, Sor, Sor is the movie. <laughs> so whatever the movie's called, people in the forum uh, have been posting that a lot of I don't know about a lot, but some people have been receiving their uh, release, their 4K, and they look at, they open it up, and they look at the disc, and the disc is scratched to shit. Uh, and it's been ha- it's happened multiple times. It's a big thing in the forum. People are going like people are. It's been so prevalent that people are going in now and posting when it isn't scratched. They're like, "Thank God, I avoid the scratches." Um, so if you buy this. Just heads up, something's going on. I'm sure it's not actually Shout Factory's fault. It's probably something with manufacturing or what. Again, I don't know. But uh, yeah, just you know, check your disc. Check your disc. I don't know. I don't think Shout has made any statement or if there's any uh, uh, replacement plan. I, I haven't done that enough research to find out what people are doing. But uh, just you know, buyer beware. If you purchase this, first thing you do, check your disc. Jeez, man, is this like a sign of the apocalypse? You keep getting all this fucking crazy horse shit with like basic movie releases. What the hell is going on? I, I think it's been going on forever. I'm just now I'm I'm telling you about every single one, so it just feels like I, it's happening a lot. Yeah, I provided an outlet for all for all of this this yeah. news yeah. that I was not aware of. But I, I'm I mean, I know the job market is kind of all over the place right now in in the U.S. Um, as evidenced by me going to my local UPS store and being utterly shocked by some of the employees working there. I was like, you work here? <laughs> are, really? You work here? You, you are paid by the UPS company? Are you fucking shitting me? Um, not not the best and brightest is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of these, these manufacturers are just hard up for bodies. And and maybe in terms of like quality control, they're just not getting top people uh, to do the job. Um, that's sad though. That that's really disheartening to to you know spend your hard earned cash on on a brand a brand new 4K disc, which is not something you do all the time, and then open it up and find good fucking god the cat got in it. Yeah, uh, Albert Pyun himself packaged this. <laughs> and I've I've been hearing again, and this isn't anything on Amazon, but I've been hearing a lot of people that purchased them with scratch discs, they were coming from Amazon. Again, that's not Amazon's fault, but whatever the shipment that Amazon got, who knows? Uh but so yeah, just uh, reading a post here, uh Matt eighty nine posted that um so my first copy arrived from Amazon on the seventeenth, scratched to hell. Thankfully my replacement order was flawless. Gonna watch it this afternoon. So uh he did get a replacement apparently. I I don't know if it was through Amazon, maybe he said. Um, I bet you I bet you Amazon, if you showed them a picture and you were like, This is how it came, they probably would replace it, I would I would assume. Well, in the first of what I'm sure is going to be many tinfoil hat moments, um, I'll say maybe this is Shout Factory's way of maybe discouraging people from buying through Amazon. That could I'm, be. I'm sure, I'm sure they make more money if you buy from them direct, and they do have their own store. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure most companies would prefer for you to give your money directly to them rather than buy through Amazon. <laughs> But lower those prices, bud. Lower those prices. Yeah, yeah. Get back to me after you fix that. <laughs> it's like, I got to keep the lights on, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But beside that, we have a release that Brad probably already has on his shelf. Either that or he's about to. Uh, that is a Dream a Little Dream from 1989. And the reason why Brad's going to pick this one up is because it's part of the Vestron video collection. Yeah, it is uh, not on my shelf. It is currently sitting in my Amazon cart along with the source, Sword Sorcerer Stone. Source, source, um, sword the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this one uh, did not come to the Walmart near me, so I was not able to pick it up on a mac and cheese run. So I will, uh, I will get it uh, probably through Amazon. Um, but yeah, I, I will be picking this one up for sure. Yeah, you gotta get the Cheetos mac and cheese and and a bargain bin run all mm-hmm. all in one fell swoop, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of these days, man, I'm gonna try that Cheetos mac and cheese. <laughs> it's, it's just great for what it's perfect for a Vestron movie. Perfect to pair with a Vestron movie. You know, that does sound really. That sounds wonderful, actually. <laughs> like that sounds night. cozy. Yeah, that sounds really cozy. Like I'm gonna sit down with a a movie of questionable quality. It's numbered, though, so there's a reason it belongs on the shelf. And I'm going to eat some Cheetos mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, beside that, we also have yet another Brad-relevant film. That would be a West Side Story. Steven Spielbergo's West Side Story from 2021 uh, on Blu-ray and 4K. Uh, Brad just reviewed this last week on the Cinema Speak podcast. Yeah. Any, anything you'd care to share about here? Uh, it was good. Uh, I think I said it was, I think I said it was good. Um, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't quite like, you know, I've seen, it's been getting a lot of praise. I didn't think it was quite at an amazing level by any means. Um, but I'm not the biggest musical fan, so that is probably part of it. But, uh, no, I mean, Spielberg, he, he directs the hell out of this thing. I'll give him that. So it's, it's, it's worth watching for sure. Um, definitely long though. It's quite long. So be aware of that. Yeah, I'm probably on the hook to watch this one. Um, I am intrigued uh, just by the technicals. Like, I've seen some of the cinematography, and I'm like, holy fucking shit, that's that's some ambitious, really stunning camera work. Yeah. Um, however, I'm really, I'm so very happy that uh, you and your buddy, uh, was it Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, y'all talked about Janusz. Janusz. Yeah, Jan- Janusz Kaminski. You, Yummy you Janusz. Yummy Janusz. Uh, I, I was so happy to hear you bring him up. Uh, because uh, he has been a key component of recent or modern Spielberg fare, um, and he's highly controversial. I have very mixed feelings about Janusz Kaminski. Uh, His camera work, like his camera positioning and camera movement is spot on, beautiful. It's his lighting that sometimes, sometimes, man, it has that high gloss blown the fuck out windows where every window just has just like spotlight beaming through it. It's like, it's so unnatural and everything kind of has like a little bit of a metallic sheen to yeah. it. Whenever I think of him, I think of like War of the Worlds and a uh, Minority Report. And I I there there are pluses and minuses, but I on the whole, he's incredibly talented and he offers wonderful work, but there's certain tendencies there that I I'm just like <sighs> Not the biggest fan of that, <laughs> yeah. but it's a package deal. You got to take the good with the bad. I'm just kind of tired of uh, him and Spielberg, the, their aesthetic being tied together. Like Spielberg needs to dump this guy. Like, like let's be honest, bud. You've maybe got another decade left to make movies. Like, let's let's switch it up here. I mean, you've been with Janusz for over like basically 30 years now. Get a new cinematographer. Nolan dumped the Fister after 15 years. You can dump Janusz after 30. Come on now. 
That's right. He did dump the fister. Yeah. And then he went on to make that movie that I I will watch someday. I've heard nothing good about it, but for whatever reason, I've decided I will watch Transcendence. Yeah. Even though I've heard nothing good about it. I, like. <laughs> I don't think I, it could be. I don't know if uh, Nolan dumped the fister. I think the fister left on his own accord. And then he, he he's the kind of did the kind of thing where he, he kind of failed. And uh, I think I don't know if this is I'm joking. I, this is probably not true. But I think Nolan's like, sorry, bud, you left me. You're done. I'm with Hoyt now. See ya. Sorry, Wally. <laughs> don't ever betray me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare make any more Johnny Depp movies. He's <laughs> <laughs> off to go fisting on his own. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I kind of agree with you. Uh, I've they've they've been together long enough. That's like we're we're entering into the the absolute twilight, whether he wants it to be or not, of Steven Spielberg's career. It would be kind of neat to see him like try something radically different or something. Um, actually. <laughs> I just had a, a really stupid thought, Brad. What if George Lucas comes back to be the DP? <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know that he's ever been a DP. Uh, maybe on some of like his his early like film school projects, or like I haven't looked into like THX one one three eight. But like I do know he was camera operator, not DP, but like camera operator on a couple of movies. Hey, I'd I'd be down. I and you know what, Spielberg. I I think uh, even if Lucas is like flopping in the wind, I think Spielberg would give him a you know give him a little help and a hand. I think they they'd be they'd have fun together. I think they'd make a they'd be able to make something that looks good. I think between the two of them, George would insist it all be shot on green screens and or with drones. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if it looks anything like Episode Two, uh, then I'm out. <laughs> It'd be fucking hilarious. I'd love to see the behind the scenes where George Lucas is serving his DP while he's scooting around in a rascal the whole yeah. time. <laughs> uh, it's like coffee in his lap. No, he'd have like a double gulp or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here, folks. George Lucas, DP for the next Steven Spielberg film. Count on it. Um, and good God, this entire week is just nothing but Brad. Red Rocket. Brad recently, I think, reviewed this one. Uh, you or no? You declared this what your favorite film of of the year? Uh, it was my favorite film of last year. That is correct. Um, certainly not for everybody. Um, but uh, if you are uh, a person who likes movies about uh, porn stars returning to their hometown to screw people over, um, not literally screw people. Well, I guess there's that too. But uh, both <laughs> versions. Um, then uh, this is uh, worth checking out. It's Sean Baker who did uh, Tangerine and the Florida Project, and this guy is just becoming my guy. I just I love his aesthetic. I love his uh, use of non actors, uh, his humor, his heart. I I, I think uh, I, he's the real deal. I'm, I've been loving all his films. I didn't like this one as much as the Florida Project, um, but Simon Rex is awesome in it, um, and it's definitely. I've said it. Be, I said it before. I'll say it again. Like watching the movie the first time, I was questioning it because there is some like kind. The character is pretty despicable, and particularly a uh, relationship he has with a young woman in the film is very despicable and gross, and uh, you know weirdly exploitative. And you're questioning like, I hope that he's not endorsing this relationship. And by the end of the film, it's clear that we're not supposed to like this guy. Like he's he's endearing in a way, but he is uh, a, a scumbag. And I think the end of the film, I don't see how you can interpret it any other way. 
uh and uh yeah it's it's quite good yeah i i'm interested i i have never seen uh one of this director's films before but uh this one would probably be where i start honestly just because of the word of mouth uh generate about mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, i'd be excited to check this one out wherever whenever i get a chance to yeah yeah I'll, I'll i'll be picking this one up at some point for sure yeah i was about to say I mean, if it's your favorite film from the last year you may Gotta as well do it yeah yeah um and we have another criterion release a 4k criterion release which is becoming an in, uh increasingly regular uh thing for them uh this is uh le cercle rouge uh from 1970 and this is a jean-pierre melville film uh not one that i know by reputation but as we tend to say uh, if it's part criterion it's probably worth your time do you know this one brad uh this one i i actually do know solely on its reputation um just i know the title and the the poster but i don't know anything about what it's about um i will say that uh i'm just uh on its page on uh blu-ray.com and it's not getting very high marks i didn't look into this like see i i i do research and i bring these controversies to you but sometimes things that just come up on the fly like this uh blu-ray.com only gave it a 2.5 out of 5 4k picture quality dude that is really rare yeah and like for criterion a, or otherwise like 2.5 for a 4k release is pretty rare yeah um yeah it's the new color grading is deeply flawed and obviously very disappointing because it alters the native identity of the film damn ooh, the, the new warm grade eliminates various ranges of blues that are oof I tell you, I was kind of doing a thing where I was picking up all these uh, Criterion 4Ks. Might have to pass on this one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a yikes. As I said, it's very rare. I'm going to have to go in the forums and see what people are saying, because if Blu-ray.com gave it a 2.5, people are losing it in the forums. Like, people are way harsher than the actual ratings. Like, Yeah, I was about to say, it. you this doesn't happen very regularly that uh, it has it has to be noticeably poor quality for, yeah. for them to to give it a mark like that mm, damn um but moving on from that uh we have a film called the accused from paramount pictures from 1988 and uh i really don't have anything to say about it other than i'd like to highlight that uh, apparently kelly mcgillis is our headlining star in this alongside chody falster um and I just think it's funny that I've recently started to get more advertisements for Top Gun Maverick, uh, which is a film that exists. It, it, it's probably been completed for a good solid year by now. Uh, that's a, finally getting a release. Uh, apparently, she was not asked to return for that film. Uh, unfortunate, because she was such a important part of the original Top Gun. But uh, she's one of those stars that just kind of like fell the fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. like, seemed like, you know, Top Gun is this, this huge pop culture event film that is such a big deal to so many people. And then it's just like, but what happened to that lady? <laughs> like, 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 every, like a lot of other people in that movie went some seriously incredible places. And then what happened to her? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I guess she was in The Accused a couple of years after the fact. So, um, interesting. Yeah. But, uh, we have a Nightmare, 1964. Uh, this is a Shout Factory release. Um, what else we got? Um, Starlight One from 1983. Starflight One. Uh, Starflight colon the plane that couldn't land. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? This is news um, to me. Uh, I'm gonna have to read this plot summary just because I'm curious, like, about that title, the plane that couldn't land. <laughs> 
<laughs> the bus that couldn't stop. Uh, the fictional story of the first hypersonic commercial passenger plane, which can make the flight from New York to London in mere in a mere four hours. On the maiden flight of this plane, a minor disaster occurs, resulting in the plane actually leaving the Earth's atmosphere and orbiting around the globe. A lack of heat-resistant tiling prevents the plane from simply re-entering the atmosphere. With oxygen, and therefore time, running out, the crew of the plane and the crew on the ground must figure out a way to return the plane and its passengers to safety. Wow! It's, okay, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a space crisis film from 1983, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, we have a murder in a blue world uh, from Cauldron Films from 1973. Uh, I've pulled them up, uh, Cauldron Films, that is, and it looks like uh, they largely deal in schlock. Yeah. Uh, we have American Rickshaw is a release of theirs that I recognize. Um, have you uh, checked out any of their releases, Brad? You know, I've really been meaning to. I've really wanted to pick up that. Uh, we talked about it a few months ago, uh, the Collingswood story. It was that uh, very early sort of like unfriended uh screen life film from like the early 2000s um found footage kind of you know all on a desktop computer film uh but uh, i haven't purchased anything yet but that's one i've been meaning to for a while and i just i keep putting it on the back burner yeah i mean that tends to happen there's a lot of releases from month to month but um we have a Shutter original, so of course I'm going to ask Brad if he's familiar with it. Uh, the Boy Behind the Door from 2020, uh, certified fresh. Uh, that's a big no from me. That's a big no. <laughs> okay, well, moving on then. Uh, we have uh, the Amazing Spider-Man collection on 4K. Uh, both of those, I would assume, have been released previously, but it's now in a box, and we're gearing up for the, uh, I believe, next month release uh, for Spider-Man whatever the fuck. Uh, something home <laughs> i actually don't know the title and i haven't seen it but uh, we got dirty o'neill from 1974 man's favorite sport question mark 1964 uh, we have project gemini from 2002 this is a well go release that good fucking god i have seen the trailer for on probably every disc i've put in my player this past month I'm getting so fucking tired of this uh, because the chapter skip button on my remote doesn't work very well so it's just like you have to hit it like 50 times before it registers. Um, it's actually kind of fitting because as far as I can tell, this plot for this film, Project Gemini, bears a strong resemblance to Pandorum, mm. uh, which Kyle and I reviewed this week. Um, we have uh, John and the Hole uh, from... Who put that one out? IFC, it looks like. Yeah, IFC Films. I feel like I should know this, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Something about it seems like I've heard of it or talked. I mean, Michael C. Hall is in it. Well, there's um, that other movie about the man in the hole that came out like within the past two years, right? Man, it's like the, the hole. Well, it's like a security guard or whatever falls in a hole and some kid, some fucking kids. Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? Just called the hole or what? Is I it? think so. So it's like there's more than one man in a hole movie that okay. has come All out right. within the past couple of years. <laughs> okay it's, All right. it's the deep impact armageddon scenario but with men in holes <laughs> john in the hole uh what jumps out at you next brad i've been i've been rambling for a while. uh i mean it jumps out at me maybe not in a good way but uh, you've got um rifkin's festival the new woody allen movie <laughs> oh no which uh i i will say like i listen there's no way i'm gonna ever pay for this um but 
I'm it there, there's a curiosity to me to the fact that like he's still able to like make these films in Europe and like he still has like these like C level celebrities who will still be in his like there's something that I'm just I'm very intrigued about what this would feel like and what it would be like just what is it? it's like Wallace Shawn or whatever his name is um I don't know Gina Gershon you know it's like it's just a weird thing that he's still making these movies in Europe or whatever. And dude, he has like a third of the cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm in here. Yeah, Richard kind Jenny Gershon. <laughs> she was <laughs> she had an episode of that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Christoph Waltz. That's that's a get. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious too. Like, as a filmmaker in exile, essentially, like what 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 is this going to look and feel like? It's yeah. like what what's the vibe on the set for a film produced under those circumstances? Yeah, it's just <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're not trying to make light of things, but the, the the reality is the film was made and it exists. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, we can't stop that. That that which was done is done, but yeah, I I I'm curious for the same reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, again, I would I'm not paying for this at all. If it popped up on a streaming service, which I don't know what streaming service would pick this up. But uh, if it did, I I would maybe watch it just out of that morbid curiosity. Um, but you know it it's uh it's it's weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have several other titles. Though, unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot to say about, so I'm just gonna skim through them. We have Strange Bedfellows, uh, 1965. Zoot Zoot, 1981. Uh, the Whistle at Easton Eden Falls, 1951. That's from a uh, Flicker Alley. Uh, they seem to spe- specialize in uh, very old films. Uh, they do have The Man Who Laughs, which is one that, of course, I only recognize because of the imagery. I don't know anything about the film beyond that. Um, inspiration for The Joker, Brad, if you're at all curious. No. Um, the the image, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, the visage of the of the one of the characters in there. Uh, Fast Charlie and the what nows? The Moonbeam Rider. Star- starring David Carradine. Wow, some of the Brad, you got to open the screen picks for this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <What's the email laughs> release. This looks fucking stupid. <laughs> it doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look good. Bad. It just looks fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. This is uh definitely something Keenan would put out for sure. Yeah, I mean, 1979, David Carradine. It's like I'd rather watch death race or kung fu or mm-hmm. uh, actually you want to step it up in quality lone wolf mcquaid oh there like, you go brad do you, brad do you know lone wolf mcquaid uh, i know it's reputation yeah <laughs> that movie that movie kicks ass <laughs> uh, that's of course the film where david carradine and chuck norris have an ill-advised uh, martial arts competition at the very end of the film i say ill-advised because apparently the director strongly urged both men to allow stuntmen to do a lot of the choreography for them both men declined and we got what we got <laughs> i'll just say that much although the soundtrack is one of the most epic uh, italian western soundtracks uh this side of ennio morricone okay uh, like honestly absolutely spectacular soundtrack for like a, a low-grade like action western film yeah it's kind of it's kind of bizarre actually where it's just like this is not like a uh, what you would think of as like a big budget action film or anything, but it's like, holy shit, this music is amazing. <laughs> um, what else we got here? We got, it's my party. 1996 uh, from Sandpiper pictures um, who put out Hawaii uh, in 1966. 
um, and a lot of other stuff that like minor like films that I feel like I passed by in the grocery store but just kind of shrugged at like when I was young like Under Fire with Nick Nolte it's like yeah that's that I'm sure that's a movie yeah and same with like Baby Boom with Diane Keaton it's like yeah that's a movie <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I don't really have much to say about it but I acknowledge that it's a film that probably some people have seen mm-hmm. um what else we got? Oh, speaking of fucking Death Race, uh, we have Death Race 2050 uh, from 2016. So this is apparently a, a universal disc. Hmm. Um, but the Death... It's interesting because this is an isolated release from 2016. But I know for a fact there have been at least three or four Death Race films spinning off from the w, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson remake yeah. of the Roger Corman film. Um so I'm curious why this particular release is being put out now. This will, like, So this the, seems like it's not connected to that, right? I mean, this seems like... I mean, it's not being advertised. Like, And actually, the uh, the screenshots have a very different aesthetic from, yeah. from the Paul W.S. Anderson version. So maybe this is like more of a... It sounds like they're directly connecting it to the Roger Corman original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, there, there's a whole universe. There's multiple. There's a multiverse of Death Race films, Brad. <laughs> there's no less than two two different corners of the Death Race multiverse. Holy shit, we stumbled across something. People have been making movies for too long. We need to just take a break. I mean, I did mention Signs of the Apocalypse, right? <laughs> when you yeah. have a Death Race multiverse, I think you've made too many films. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, we have um, many re-releases of other films, so I'm going to skip over most of them. Although I will point out that Brazil, not the Criterion version, but the, a universal disc of Brazil is being put out. Terry Gilliam's uh, Brazil, as well as uh, 12 Monkeys. Um, yeah, tons of re-releases. Not sure what the deal is with that. Um, that's about all I see uh, for that week. So let's pop on down to March 22nd. Although I will point out that there's a, a Japanese release here. Um, I'm not sure who's putting it out, but I have seen it advertised on some of my social medias. Uh, that would be the Funky Forest box set here. Uh, there's two different films contained in here. And uh, I know there's a significant amount of hype uh, regarding these releases, but I actually don't, uh, blu-ray.com doesn't have it logged, uh, who's putting out these discs, but I have seen them advertised and I'm aware of them. Um, supposed to be really kooky off the wall movies. It's not, um, uh, I could be wrong, but it's not error four, 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 is it? That's putting it out four, 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 error four, fours. Have you heard of them? Uh, I have not. Uh, maybe you can educate me. I don't know much about, but I, they do put out a lot of, uh, very kooky, uh, as you say, uh, Asian cinema, and I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like I did hear that they were putting this out. I could be wrong. It's error, and then four fours. It's, I, I don't know how you're supposed to say their label. I mean, you know better than me, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I'm, I'm willing to go. Okay, yep. cool. That's I was why, right, baby. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about them much, but. Uh, I've, I've seen some of their releases highlighted in some various, uh, you know, dark corners of the YouTube vids. 
Same here. <laughs> um, but March 22nd opens with a bang uh, with uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, The Godfather Trilogy on 4K. Uh, I think I caught you mentioning the, the price tag for this was a little bit high, uh, too rich for my blood as well, especially considering I just rewatched these films like a couple of months ago ah, yeah. on Blu-ray. So now is not the time for me to invest in this. Not only that, I also watched The Godfather Part 3 Coda. Um and that was a disappointment. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what is it? Um, is it Megapolis is the name of his his project he's been working on for years? Um, Couple is making a new film. Mm. Um, and I have noticed, like, until I was made aware of that, I was curious, like, what's going on at the Coppola estate? Because in the past two, or two years or so, I've been noticing uh, his movies have been getting like super duper special edition treatments on on physical media like weird shit like like we have this now which is not weird this is a big fucking deal but we had the godfather part three where it's like that's weird like why why does anybody care that much about that it's like well it is a way to make a book off of something that's already been shot all you have to do is re-edit it Mm -hmm. um and then we even had a 4k release of the outsiders director's cut which is not something I think many people were clamoring for, but we have it, and it's on fucking 4K, and apparently it's a solid disc. And we've been seeing a lot of movement with the Coppola estate as of late. The Apocalypse Now 4K box set came out not that long ago. I actually did pick that one up. Um, As far as I understand, that's where we're at with him. He has, I think the project's called Megaopolis. It's probably going to be his last film, and he's scrabbling together the, the funds to pay for it himself because like that's that's always been his thing uh, since around the time uh, zoetrope pictures i think was the, the the name of his independent company that he was financing apocalypse now through um so yeah i guess he's trying to scrabble together money uh, any which way he can uh so if we see more of his shit popping up in super duper special editions on for, blu-ray and 4k that is likely why hey you got to make that money where you can you got to sell your wine re-edit your movies it's that side hustle man yeah i mean i'm all for it like i i really would be curious to see what what he has to offer now oh yeah um so i i hope it comes together and like i hope it comes together smoothly so i'm I'm looking forward to that personally but but yeah godfather trilogy uh i quite enjoy these films uh there are you know mafia films i enjoy more than these however uh, when you sit down to watch them, it's like it's hard to deny the objective quality of the filmmaking on display. They're beautiful films in many, many ways. Um, so, like I said, now is not the time for me to invest in these. Um, but whenever I'm itching to, you know, rewatch these, uh, now I have a, a 4K option, and that's always cool. Uh, but now we get to the Eastern Promises 4K that Brad had teased earlier. So this is a, a Kino disc that Brad had said they were having. Uh, some supply chain issues with perhaps or manufacturing issues maybe yeah um let me click on it right now can you get this on amazon uh looks like it's it's, it is on amazon now um but when i uh, purchased it it was only available on best buy that i could find um but uh actually is it is it on it might be on amazon through other sellers i don't know it's there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this but anyway it's uh great film i mean i've only seen it the one time very excited to rewatch it i like cronenberg a lot love the sauna fight vigo is amazing in this um and i i just uh i 
purchased it through Best Buy, I had a uh, surprise uh, $10 reward certificate come in through my email. Um, which, you know, another reason to check uh, the Blu-ray forums is there's uh, the movie and TV deals section. If you're a Best Buy rewards member, keep your eye on that. Go in the Best Buy section because sometimes they point out these uh, Best Buy rewards certificates. They come in emails that are they almost like hide them like it'll be like a just like a Best Buy email and it'll say like, you know, great deals for you. And it's like, ah, just, you know, it's just what the Best Buy ad. It's just whatever. Who cares? But then you scroll the bottom and it's like, and here's $10, uh, $10 certificate. And I wouldn't have known that unless I'd seen someone else pointed out in the forum. And I said, oh, shit, I got to claim that. And uh, it was only it expired after like three days. So I had to spend it. So I said, well, I'll get Eastern Promises. So I got it for 10 bucks off. So thank you, Best Buy. <laughs> wow. That was, that was a solid public service announcement, yeah. Fred. <laughs> just, you know, always keep your eye out. Always keep your eye out for those deals. Yeah. Wow. Um, between the two, uh, History of Violence and Eastern Promises, which uh, Cronenberg and Vigo joint do you think you'd prefer? I would say History of Violence, but really only because I've seen it more. Um, I've only seen Eastern Promises once. Uh, me too, actually. Um, I favor it largely for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the, the, the naked fight is is a unique spectacle that you can only find in Eastern Promises. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But yeah, History of Violence is... Uh, it's it's top tier. I mean, I think probably Cronenberg's like in terms of his, you know, 21st century output, I would say it's my favorite of his. Um, and it also spawned the uh, incredible uh, viral video of um, uh, uh, what's his name? Ed. Uh, why am I blanking on his last name from Harris Ed Harris? Uh, his uh, interview at I don't know if it was at Sundance or TIFF or whatever. But they were having a, uh, a panel on history of violence and somebody asked him to like talk about like oh like explain like in terms of this film what is violence and uh ed harris trying he's kind of trying to make a joke he'd be he's like you want to know what violence is you want to know what violence is and he picks up a glass of water and he whips it like behind him and he shatters the glass and he goes there that's violence that's violence <laughs> it's just like it's amazing if you haven't watched it go check it out it's amazing i have not but that sounds very on brand for it. So <laughs> what is violence there? That's 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 violence. <laughs> Come over here and find out, bucko. <laughs> so I think yeah, history of violence gets the edge just for that video alone. Okay. Well, um yeah, Eastern Promises on 4K, David Cronenberg, excellent filmmaker. Def he's maybe at the top of my list in terms of people that I I would love to someday see everything they've ever made. Um, because I, I have yet to watch a movie of his that, although, was it his son that did Cosmopolis or did he do Cosmopolis? That was him. <laughs> Mother, motherfuck. I got to eat my words then. Cause I, I got like five minutes into that and I said, no. Yeah. I, 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 I no, I like Cronenberg. <laughs> he, he's definitely, he, he has a few, he has his whiffs. He's got a few whiffs. Um, but, uh, I, I think even his whiffs are interesting. Like, uh, I did. I did finish Cosmopolis, but I, I do agree it was not good. Although I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I would maybe like to give it another chance because the concept. I, is I bad. want to, I want to because of the concept. Like when I, I read the concept. Apparently, it's based on a novel, mm-hmm. um, and History of Violence is based on a graphic novel, as far as I know. But um, I, I really love the premise. I was really fascinated with that. But oh my god, the dialogue! 
it's actually that's more of a kyle move than a trevor move to like to have a like a gut reaction to the to the dialogue like within the first few minutes of a film i was like this is this is not good yeah but the movie hadn't really gotten rolling yet like we weren't fully in the limo yet where as far as i understand pretty much the entire movie takes place um so maybe i need to go back and check that one out again but yeah cronenberg is one of those guys that i mean it helps that he doesn't have a hugely dense filmography like he he hasn't been putting out annual releases for years on end um but i i generally love his style and i i would very much like to do a deep dive someday yeah i mean his last movie was uh his last feature was 2014 maps to the stars um although uh he does have something in the pipeline he's coming out with a movie uh that it's it's completed it's called crimes of the future and uh, this could be a return to the cast on IMDb. You got uh, Vigo. You got Kristen Stewart. You got wow. Leah Seydoux. You got wow. Scott Speedman. Not quite moving the needle, but still. Um, so not bad. Uh, not a bad cast. Scott Speedman, he who was left behind by the Underworld franchise. Like, it's like he who got wrapped up in that franchise and never really got out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As far as I know. <laughs> Poor but, guy. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see this, especially with his uh son putting out stuff like it'll be interesting how he you know, cuz his son his son's films have been or at least his last film has been pretty claimed, so how is uh how is old Papa Crony going to respond to that? Yeah, he's got to pull a Hayao Miyazaki and like push the kid aside and be like bitch this is how it's done right yeah <laughs> did you hear about that at all with uh, miyazaki no actually I well, I basically it was a situation where he was like threatening retirement for years on end and and uh he straight up told his son pretty much to his face it's like you're not ready <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, like basically he was in a position to step step down from the throne and like his son had made a film at this at studio ghibli and then he was just like I guess I need to make another film because somebody's not ready. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um last thing last thing on this on on Cronenberg. Um Possessor, do I need to run out and see that cuz I I wanted to when it when it was relevant and when it first came out, but I didn't and I'm kind of bummed because it's never it's never available for good prices. It's always fairly it's usually a higher price than I'm willing to pay. But do I need to run out and see that? I think you should definitely check it out. Yeah, I I, I liked it quite a bit. But I mean, I I don't know what pr- the prices are, but I wouldn't spend an exorbitant amount on it. Um, but I think it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, it's 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 quite good. I think part of the reason I've I've been seeing higher prices is because it's uh, 4K like uncut edition. Yeah, and as Brad and I have said before, I'm a sucker for that. I, I like extended cuts of films. Brad is not as much in favor of it, but for me, that is a selling point. And as far as I understand, it's only available in the 4K, which is pricier. Yeah, um, this one, it was being like, the the release of it was weird. Like, it was like being released as an uncut film. Like, that's like how it came out first, and then it came out with an R-rated version. I don't know. It was kind of weird how they did that. Um, I remember I accidentally rented the R-rated version, and I got like, like five minutes into the movie and I realized it and I was like, I was like, fuck, like why did I rent this R rated? So I, I think it was through Amazon or something. And I like contacted them and I was like, Hey, can I get a refund? Cause, uh, 
I it's the only version you have was R-rated. I didn't realize that, and they did give me a refund. So good for it's them. Actually, an, it was an interesting ad campaign actually because it was a uh, it was aggressively marketed like exclusively online. Yeah, like as far as I know, it didn't really have much of a domestic theatrical release, um, but they they put some money into advertising it online, like via YouTube and whatnot, mm-hmm. and through streaming services uh, to rent. Um, wave of the future, uh, perhaps. Um, but beside uh, Eastern Promises, we have a 4K release of Guillermo del Toro's uh, latest film. That would be Nightmare Alley, which, as far as I understand, is currently available on HBO Max. Uh, I have not watched this one, and I've actually heard somewhat divisive reviews of it. Some people think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, some people think it's like, meh. Uh, have you seen it, Brad? Yeah, I, I <clears throat> kind of fall more into the meh category. Um it's good. I mean, it looks great. Like uh, the production design, the cinematography, all that is uh, pretty top notch. But I don't know. It just didn't really connect with me. It didn't all come together. Um, so it's it, it's worth checking out. But um, I'm curious to watch the original because the original is uh, part of the Criterion Collection. Um, this is true. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't really I didn't pick his brain about it, so I don't really know the reasoning behind it. But I, I remember asking kyle uh if he was interested in this at all because he's generally a guillermo del toro fan and he was like absolutely not (laughs) i was like whoa (laughs) i didn't expect that (laughs) but yeah so i don't know like if he caught a whiff of something he didn't like with the marketing or something or maybe it's the cast Uh, i don't imagine he's a super big mark for bradley cooper but um neither am i for the most part honestly but um yeah i'll I'll see this one when i see it I, i mean Honestly, I still haven't even seen Shape of Water, so I'm, mm. I'm very behind uh, in my Del Toro viewing. However, I feel the itch to rewatch Blade Two, uh, truly the best of Del Toro's filmography. Yeah, right. <laughs> that deserves a spot in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a I'll get to it when I get to it kind of movie for me. But I I'd actually be more interested in checking out the original, honestly. Yeah. Um. But speaking of Criterion, uh, we have a uh, release of The Flight of the Phoenix from 1965 with Jimmy Stewart and Richard Attenborough, uh, director and actor Richard Attenborough. Um, And, oh, my my fucking favorite, Ernest Borgnine. (laughs) That gap, man. That jolly smile and that tooth gap. I love Ernest Borgnine. He, He is a boon to every film he steps onto the set for. Love that guy, but... Um, this is a dad film. Uh, this is not a dad film that I have seen, but I remember my dad talking this one up. And uh, funny enough, uh, the uh, our most recent episode of uh, Catching Up on Cinema, our review of Pandorum, features Dennis Quaid, uh, who, if memory serves, I think was in the remake uh, to this one. There was a remake to Flay the Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, this is very much a dad film. I remember it being talked up by my, my dad when I was a kid. But I have not seen it as of yet, so this is a this is a maybe for me. Um, um, just a quick mention here: uh, only three out of five picture quality uh, from Blu-ray.com official review. Uh, they said the 2K Master is quite disappointing. It is graded in a way that gives the entire film a brand new, completely unnatural color temperature, and as a result, alters its identity. Uh, because of the awkward color values, virtually all of the desert footage looks like it takes place during a very nice and cool autumn, rather than during a hot summer with a dangerously unforgiving sun. Motherfuck. Yeah. Okay, I got another tinfoil hat for you. Vinegar Syndrome 
is paying Blu-ray.com to shit on Criterion. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at these screen grabs here, and uh, they might be right. Goddamn. Uh, Criterion dropping the ball. It does look very... Wow. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, I've never seen the film before, so I guess I can't say, but it does well, look kind of like... There... <sighs> There is the chance that maybe they've overextended themselves by moving into 4K, because it does seem like their their output uh, in recent months has been greater than in the past. So maybe maybe they're maybe they're overextended and their their quality control and their their attention to detail has taken a bump. Uh, who knows? Uh, but that's unfortunate. So uh, I'll have to keep that in mind, I guess. Uh, we have an Arrow release of Chinese film, Come Drink With Me, from 1966. Uh, I know that film by reputation, have not seen it myself, but a very, very unexpected release from uh, Shout Select, uh, The Core, from 2003. Good fucking God. Uh, so I did mention that potentially the theme for Catching Up on Cinema's content through April is going to be The Awful Aughts, as in shitty movies from the, the 2000s. Um, this may be a potential episode because this is a shitty disaster movie from the 2000s and one that I'm sure most people don't even remember being a thing. Um, if, As far as I remember, I think Hilary Swank was our, our uh, headliner for this one, and then I think Aaron Eckhart was in here as well. You got it. Uh, yeah, uh, this movie's not good. Um, and I'm, I'm so... I'm just completely baffled by, like, wh- why? Like, <laughs> who asked for this? <laughs> Hey, why not, right? We got to get this thing in 1080p. Come on. So so we, we still don't have a 1080p near dark, and uh, now we have the core. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's just maybe it's because of the cast. I mean, you also got Stanley Cucci in, or Stanley Tucci, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Cucci. Was not, that was not a joke. That was real. I didn't mean to. Um, Stanley Cucci, husband to Wally Pfister. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, just a huge cast, huge cast. <laughs> I mean, Stanley Tucci is like Ernest Borgnine. He is a boon to any set he steps onto. Like he he has something to offer, even if it's selling Chinese milk products uh, in your Transformers film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he always has something going on. Um, now, Brad, these are uh, rainbow colored. Uh, this rainbow label. What I forget. What is it called? Uh, indicator. Um, powerhouse indicator. indicator. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would you would you care to point out any of their their releases this month that jump out at you? Uh, yeah, none of them really jump out, but uh, just to list them, I guess here you got Mad Dog Morgan. I know that one. I don't know anything about it, but I know that one has been kind of a hyped one. It looks like it's a bit of a beefier box set. Um, you've got La Llorona, another version of that, I guess. The crying. Yeah, woman. La Llorona La, from nineteen thirty three. Part of the multiverse of La Llorona <laughs> films. <laughs> uh, let's see. Phantom of La the Llorona Monastery. versus Death Race. <laughs> yeah. And what a wild I time. mean, if we can get if we can get a Sadako versus Kayako film, uh, The Ring versus The Grudge, we can get a Death Race versus La Llorona. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can get we can make that. <laughs> we're almost there already. Um, and then I mean, Warner Brothers is pushing us in that direction. <laughs> everything across everything with everything. Yeah. And then uh, A Time for Dying. I think that's all of them. But, uh, yeah, I still haven't picked up anything from this label. I want to, though, because I've heard good things, and they've you know just recently gotten into North American releases. Although they they did the thing where they put they put out too many. Like, if they put out less, I'd be buying more. Sorry. Ec- 
yeah no you're you're absolutely right it is kind of intimidating when it's just like there's like five six releases every month it's just like geez man if you want if you want to make a collector out of me you gotta like steady trickle man you can't just like blast me in the face every fucking month yeah i mean just like vestron like right now like because they were good they started they were only doing like a release every like three months and now they're down to about one a month which is good i mean they're cheap um but at this point because i'm so in they could release five every week and i'd have to buy them all i would i'd have no choice i if i, I couldn't stop so i mean that's how you got to start slow I mean, that's a really solid business model. Get them hooked and then just open the floodgates. Put those just numbers like on the spine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm not invested in it. I only have one of their titles, the the Wraith. Um, but I, as, as an outside observer, I want to say Vestron's kind of killing it. Yeah. Like, they're doing a really good job with, like, not only in terms of, like, the, the selections for the catalog, but also just, like, the quality of the releases seems to be there. And they're putting them out at the correct pace. It's like it's like one a month, mm-hmm. and and then you're good. And for the, for the price, I think you get it. It's a good for with a price. Like they started, they were like going for like twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, or like they were expensive. Yeah, you can't do that. Man. And <laughs> now that they've dropped to basically their, I think retail starting retail price is like eighteen, but they really go for like twelve to fourteen. Like that's perfect right there. Like you know. Yeah, like I said, as an outside observer, I'm I am I'm happy for you, Brad. Thank you. That seems like that seems like a cozy collection to buy you into. Yeah, um, I probably yeah. only watched two of them, but yeah, <laughs> I mean these aren't like amazing groundbreaking no. films, <laughs> like for the most part. Waxworks, Waxworks two, yeah. the Wraith, uh, was it the Iron Circle featuring David Carradine, shit like that, you know, um. So yeah, we have a bunch of uh, indicator releases. Um, we have uh, a title that I will point out that I have not seen, but I I owe it to myself to watch. Um, that would be Satoshi Kon's uh, Millennium Actress from 2001. Uh, funny enough, Satoshi Kon has only made probably less than a half dozen features, and we've reviewed two of them on mm-hmm. Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, unfortunately, director passed away several years ago. He is no longer with us. Um, but his uh, his name carries a lot of weight uh, in the Japanese animation industry. Uh, he's, he's a beloved director. Uh, very small uh, filmography, but pretty much everything he ever made uh, is revered. Uh, and this is one of them, a Millennium Actress. Uh, previous reviews on Catching Up on Cinema were uh, Perfect Blue. And uh, we, did a, we did a crossover review with Richie from uh, the Super Media Bros podcast for, uh, uh, was it, Paprika, uh, which is an absolutely, like, gorgeous film from a from an audiovisual standpoint really cool ideas too um and uh dexter new blood apparently we have a blu-ray release of the entire season of that now brad uh, i know you have watched this um so i'm curious did this end e- as equally as bad as the original series or worse i, I actually haven't watched this yet um, you haven't okay. no uh my my one friend did um and I think I think I think he said he thought the ending was better, uh, but I know from just basically reactions and uh, IMDb ratings. Uh, surprisingly, the final episode of this did get kind of shit on. Um, so it's the kind of thing where they tried to fix it, I guess, and maybe they just ended up at the same place. I don't know. Um, I yeah. will watch it though because I've seen all of Dexter, um, and those early seasons I love. But uh, yeah, I'll get to this eventually. 
yeah i've I've heard very good things about the the series as a whole um i haven't watched it myself um but i i did hear some rumblings at the ending of this this like uh, i guess a, addendum to the original series this this follow-up series was like kind of like a why bother kind of thing um sounded like it was worthwhile aside from that that last part of it but anyway is what it is um anything else jumping at you for this week brad Mm, i don't think so yeah it's mostly just some disparate like fringe releases here and there um i will point out that we have um some blue underground releases uh daughters of darkness as well as i think that's yeah robert forster in a vigilante from 1982 um we have Fatal on 4K from 2020. That's an unexpected 4K disc. Oh yeah, that's kind of odd. I kind of want to see that. Uh, I've heard I've heard some shit like it's bad in like the 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 tasty like the juicy way where it's like ooh this is this is my kind of bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I may I may actually see if I can like find that on like HBO or some shit because I don't I don't think it's any good. But I I did hear it's like good bad. Um, so I'll look into that. I'm not gonna buy the fucking 4k <laughs> uh but yeah let's bop on down to the the final tuesday of march uh and right out the gate we have uh the apartment on 4k uh from kino this is from 1960 this is directed by billy wilder who uh, that's kind of weird because that name carries no meaning to me brad mm-hmm. like I, I feel like like based on the prestige prestige of the title i should know them you, but... yeah you should know billy wilder he's uh He's 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 up there, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta get on the wild west. I, I guess I'm looking through uh, I'm looking through the filmography right now. We and got I see some like it hot. Um, did he do uh, double indemnity? I think. Um, Seven year itch. Uh, we got Casino Royale, the original, uh, which I I did see a long long time ago. Um, features. Uh, James Bond in a cameo, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually kind of shocked and slightly embarrassed um, for whatever reason. Billy Wilder just doesn't make a ripple for me. Sunset but, Boulevard, uh, he, I think he also did, right? Uh, oh, that's all on you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just throwing words at me now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I have seen I've seen the apartment. I've only seen it once. Um, it is. I do remember liking it quite a bit. It is considered a classic. I think it did win Best Picture potentially as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I probably will pick this up um, just because uh, I've only seen it the one time and I don't own this. Uh, this was put out by Arrow on Blu-ray several years ago, but uh, again, Kino just keeps uh, scooping up these uh, titles, putting them out on 4K. They're not waiting for Arrow or Criterion. They're going to do it themselves. They don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah i was looking at the the grading for the disc and it's apparently a stellar stellar printing nice like, absolutely like five stars across the board pretty much um and it sounds like the film is deserving of that treatment so good job kino mm-hmm. um but beside that we have a paramount presents release number 30 in the collection of uh, ordinary people from 1980 i don't know this film but uh in looking at the people involved i'm very 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 curious uh it's directed by robert redford uh, starring Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, Judd Hirsch, Timothy Hutton, who I 
there was a minute there where he was like a really big fucking deal but i wasn't around for it and like i mostly just knew him as like the tv guy but like yeah. there was a minute in hollywood where he was hot shit um i think mm at walsh i think holy he, shit i was just gonna say i think he won the oscar for this movie i think it, he was pretty young and he won an oscar so it was probably quite soon after this movie he was the hot shit yeah i i distinctly remember like there was a a moment in Hollywood history where Timothy Hutton's name carried a lot of weight, but I, I wasn't alive or present for it. So like, for me, I was always like, why is he a big deal? It's like, well, let me tell you some shit. It's like, well, <laughs> it's like, well, I wasn't around for it. I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, just based on the talent involved, uh, I don't need to know much more about this film to be at least somewhat interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any Paramount presents releases. Not going to start with this one, uh, but it's kind of cool. That's getting put out again. Yeah. Um, and now we enter into the very confusing space uh, wherein we have to talk about Vinegar Syndrome, uh, who likes to yeah. put out their, who likes to register their, their films on Blu-ray.com in, in the most confusing of ways. I hate how this is, yeah, how this is formatted and all that. Um, it's so hard to keep track of. I'll, I, I'll just try and, let me just go through and see if I can just list them all. Um, so we've got Schizoid X-Ray double feature. And that is a 4K. Um, we've got Reform Schoolgirls, Talons of the Eagle, which I believe is a VSA release. Uh, Drop Dead Fred, Hard Rock Zombies slash uh, Slaughterhouse Rock. Uh, Flesh for Frankenstein 4K. But again, that's been out for a while. I don't know why that's here. Um, like there's also the partner labels like Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Um one partner label that I'll mention that I am excited for is this one here, Pathogen, which is an AGFA release. You know, I'm a big, I'm an AGFA fan. Um, this one is cool because uh, it's made by uh, like a young girl, like while she was in high school. Um, and it's like just a very like low budget young person made a feature length zombie film kind of deal. And, uh, she she has like a career like she's made several films after this and um i watched the trailer and it does look like a lot of fun it looks very charming and just like watching kids make special effects and kind of you know i think it would be a fun release this might be one that i uh potentially pick up yeah actually like i looked at the release date it says 2006 directed by a 14 year old and it's like Wow, that could be a lot of fun because, mm-hmm. like, I, that was when I was making stupid shit in the backyard. Yep. So it would be a, a really fun down, like, walk down memory lane. But it, now, now I'm curious, Brad, if 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 this can get a, a release through Agfa, maybe someday we'll get a bone sickness <laughs> Blu-ray. Honestly, there's nothing stopping it. For, I mean, it seems like it'd be right in that line. Um, if we get a bone sickness Blu-ray someday, I, that's a day one purchase for me. <laughs> and I just want to say, uh, shout out to the director. She did. Uh, she did like my tweet saying that I would be purchasing this Blu-ray. So now I feel like I have to buy it. I mean, you, you don't want to be that guy, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, let me know how that goes. Yeah. That that sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other partner labels. I'm just I'm gonna skip over a lot of them though. There's so many. Um, a few is just to the other Vinegar Syndrome proper releases though. You got Sister Sister and Beware Children at play. Which again, I, the way that these are set up, I maybe we talked about these last month. I don't even remember, but they always bleed over into the next month and it's, yeah. it's very 
it's very difficult to discern what's coming out and what's being like announced ahead of time and, and what's being pushed back. It, it's very, very confusing. Mm-hmm. As much as we love these Vinegar Syndrome titles, like the way they're organized on the calendar is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you going to pick up Drop Dead Fred? Like, doesn't that one have some sort of controversy or story behind its release like didn't it get scalped or something yeah that that was the one where uh severin was supposed Poached, to put it out rather. and uh then vinegar syndrome somehow got the rights i don't know exactly but i i don't know I'm, i might pick this one up i am curious um and i do like uh what's her face phoebe cates phoebe cats whatever her name is we we all like phoebe Cates. yeah um and, but i've never and, seen uh, it a, apparently uh rick mile uh the titular drop dead fred as far as i understand he passed away very recently mm. um so the timing of this i think was uh timely i guess um, i don't know if the film itself is any good uh, i've heard very mixed things about it um but that cover art man that's that's one that i absolutely remember passing by in the grocery store every day when i was a kid mm-hmm. oh yeah um oh yeah um but rolling back just a few rows uh we'll point out that we have a, a yet a, yet another uh criterion 4k release of uh, martin scorsese's the last waltz um which they don't think they have a review posted just yet so i can't say if it's a of inferior picture quality as we seem to be getting a lot of lately um they also have sing 2 on 4k i will point out that that vinegar syndrome uh, release of talons of the eagle features billy blanks uh, so it's guaranteed to have at least a little bit of Taibo in it. Uh, big fan, big fan. Um, <clears throat> we have Magnum PI, the complete series. I think this is from Mill Creek. Is it? For- yeah, it's from Mill Creek. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, we have a Criterion release of Love Jones from 1997. This is from Theodore Witcher, who it looks like has a very small filmography. Um, but there's a, obviously a reason why it's in the Criterion collection. Um, what else we got here? We have Street Sharks, the complete collection on Blu-ray, <laughs> as put out by whom, though? Uh, Discotech Media, who actually, they put out a lot of animation. They generally do a very good job with it. Um, were you a Street Sharks kid, Brad? No, I was not. I, I remember it being on, and uh, I'm sure I watched it, but never really uh, grabbed me, got my attention. I want to say nobody actually really was into into street sharks i think it just exists in like it was absorbed through cultural osmosis and it just exists in all of our minds as a meme in the form of that stupid fucking catchphrase of jossum um but beyond that i don't know anyone who was like over the moon about the street sharks like to me i was old enough that i was like oh this is just some ninja turtles or shit but worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i was never into street sharks but um what else we got here? Uh, we do have, uh, I think the the requin is this is this debuting? Because uh, I know you would consider this for an episode, Brad. Yeah, uh, I think I believe it is uh, finally coming out on Blu-ray. I think it was just digital before that. Um, yeah, you know, it's a shark movie. I'll I'm sure I'll check it out at some point. Probably not going to buy it, um, but definitely if it's streaming somewhere, I will be watching this. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's a shark movie. And as I said, I think on our our talk about the movie Clean, um, some of the talent involved, like for both director and some of the people in the cast are actually like people I I know and kind of respect. So I'm actually kind of hopeful that it doesn't completely suck. 
Um, I mean, it's it's perfectly fine if it completely sucks, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it has something to offer. Um, I will point out that the cover art for this uh, Hypnosis film from 2020 is uh, intriguing. I know nothing about the film itself, but the cover art's pretty well put together. Um, we'll point out that uh, Asta no Joe 2, uh, Tomorrow's Joe 2, uh, the movie uh, from 1981, is getting a Blu-ray release. And uh, whenever I can find it for the right price, I'm actually going to pick that up because uh, I actually have a poster of from that franchise like hanging up on my wall that uh, you folks at home can't see but Brad can uh, very 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 old uh, anime franchise dating back to the late 60s uh, so this was a boxing anime uh, that predates Rocky Balboa uh, by several years um, it's one of the more famous uh, animations uh, from that time period and this was like a, a condensed version of, of the series slash comic um, in movie form so they made the first movie, which I think is the first half of the manga in movie form, and then the second movie uh, is the second half. Um, I'm sure the animation quality is kind of spotty. Um, a, lot of, a lot of these projects tend to be that way, but it's it's a it's a cultural artifact that I actually have a lot of appreciation for, and I'd, I'd actually like to check this out. Um, and like I said, I already have the first movie I watched a while ago. Um, we have a Lionsgate release of Pursuit from 2022 featuring that appears to be a bloated John Cusack. <laughs> it is. As well as a bloated Emil Hirsch with really bad facial tattoos. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, that's where we're at, huh? <laughs> um, actually, that was a question that came up on, on uh, our recent review of uh, Alpha Dog was what? where is Emil Hirsch? Like, what's he up to? And we have our answer. <laughs> He's yeah. making Lionsgates with john cusack um i'm about tapped out brad you got any other titles you want to point out only thing i'll mention and we don't need to say anything about it is just uh that jennifer lopez movie marry me coming out on blu-ray with owen wilson oh yeah i i, I barely saw that uh, thanks for pointing that out yeah i mean it it fits with the film you you, bar- you just glanced over it so it's fitting no but i think <laughs> Didn't you say it was like not half bad? Like it was fine? Nah, I don't know. Maybe I said it was fine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> not uh, not for me. But okay, if you're into uh, it, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Go I don't it. think I'm on the hook to watch that one, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen, though, <laughs> that that's a guarantee. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, we've reached uh, the end of the calendar month, uh, so folks at home, we're going to wrap up things as we tend to do here by uh, just citing any titles uh, for our potential shopping or rental lists here. So uh, I'll let Brad collect his thoughts as I work my way backwards through the calendar. Uh, so I'll, um, I will buy uh, Ashtono Joe 2 um, because, like I said, I already have the first one, and I'm I know how the series ends. I mean, for fuck's sake, the manga was published in the late 60s. It's, this, there are no surprises here, um, but I haven't seen I haven't seen it animated, so I'm curious like how it pans out. Um, none of the Vinegar Syndrome titles this month uh, speak to me, so I won't be getting any of those. Um, uh, Eastern Promises is a maybe, but... Uh, I, I think it's a no for now, but it it's on my mind now. So maybe maybe if I can find it on streaming service, I'll just watch it. I don't know if I need to own that movie right now. Um, 
I did already get the Arrow 4K of An American Werewolf in London, uh, so that's one that I got. Um, Red Rocket, I probably will watch. Uh, I don't know that I'll be paying for that in any sense, but uh, yeah, I will watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, and holy shit, Brad, uh, aside from maybe checking out Demonic if it's free someday, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. Not a ton uh, for actual purchase this month. Um, yeah, for me, let's see. I guess uh, I will be getting Dream a Little Dream, of course. Um, I don't know. I, I have the sword and the sorcerer in my cart, but I don't know. I might I might be removing that. I don't what, know. What, watch a trailer first. I feel like I did, and I didn't think it looked very good, but uh, I was so blown away by the picture quality on Alligator 4K that I wanted to buy another Shout Factory 4K. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. That one is a maybe. Um, it, yeah, American Werewolf in London and Touch of Evil I would like to get, but I don't know if I'm going to pop on those right away. Um, but, yeah, Red Rocket, be picking that up for sure. Um, Eastern Promises I already have. And, uh, yeah, maybe what I'll do is I'll swap out Sorcerer's Stone Sword for uh, (laughs) the Apartment 4K. Maybe I'll do that. Um, That might be what I end up doing. But And then the last Waltz Criterion 4K, uh, most likely we'll pick that up in the next Criterion sale. So. Yeah. No, I mean, Martin Scorsese doing, was it a concert video? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, can't go wrong. I would have picked up uh, Le Cirque Le Rouge, but uh, based on that review, I don't know. Maybe I won't be getting that one either. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a wait and see. Yeah. Like maybe they they fucked up and there'll be a second printing of it or something. Because yeah. that sound that sounds like incredibly fucked up by their standards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of a thin month as far as purchases go. But you know, we got a good conversation. Yeah. Out of it, so not not half bad. You know, I had fun. We we learned a lot, folks. Uh, we always <laughs> do. Yeah, Brad's always got the scoop. But, uh, <laughs> but speaking of Brad, uh, before we go, you want to let the folks at home know uh, where they can find you and your awesome podcast? Yeah, for sure. It's the Cinema Speak podcast. So uh, we're on uh, Twitter at the Cinema Speak, on Instagram, Cinema Speak podcast, on YouTube as Cinema Speak. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, we are just on the web as uh, at cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. Very cool. And yeah, maybe someday hit up Synapse Films, see if they'll give you a tour. Or yeah, something. I should I do that. that. I think I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining me, Brad. I yeah. always appreciate having you on the of show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah, of course, man. Like you, you provide the details. You provide the scoops. You got the you got the hot takes. I got to get this information <laughs> on my brain somehow. So. I mean, that's that's why i do it <laughs> it's like all this all these obsessive details have to i need an outlet somewhere right I may as well be on on the internet with with a stranger from michigan <laughs> but anyway uh, folks at home if you'd like to catch up on uh any of our catching up on cinema content you can find all of that collected on our website at catching up on cinema.com uh, you can also find us on the social medias on the Instagram at catching up on cinema, as well as the Twitter at catching cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including cephalopod. So fucking Google it. And that being said, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time.